Watch Queenie, the new original series on Hulu. Who is Queenie? She's in her 20s. She lives in London. She's facing all the firsts. First major heartbreak, first shitty apartment and soul-sucking job, first therapy session to work through those mommy issues. Can she turn her quarter-life crisis into a revolution? Maybe. Will she make some questionable decisions along the way? Definitely. The new series Queenie is now streaming on Hulu. You can save every day by shopping at Whole Foods Market. Seriously. Don't just go for the big sales. They have literally thousands of low-priced goods with their house brand. $3.65 by Whole Foods Market. While at happy prices, limited time seasonal flavors, and all the quality you expect, like no high fructose corn syrup or over 300 other ingredients banned from all the food they sell. There's so many ways to save at Whole Foods Market. Now you know. Inside out, so I can see. I know this. The part of you that's drifting mm-hmm. over me. And when I wake, you're, mm-hmm. you're never there. And when I sleep, you're, you're everywhere. You're everywhere. Da dump dump. Do I know this? Da dump dump. Just tell me how I got this far. Yeah, I don't. Just tell me why you're here and who you are. Cause every time I look, you're never there. And every time I sleep, you're always there. Cause you're everywhere to me. And when I close my eyes, it's you I see. You're everything I know that makes me believe. Bitch! I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Who? I have to Google it. Is it Avril Lavigne? Michelle Ooh, Branch. Michelle the Branch. Oh, now had you done that, I'll walk a thousand miles just to well, see that's you. That's Carlton. Oh, goddamn. Yeah, it is. Michelle. Okay, no. Goodbye to you. That's my favorite Michelle. Branch okay, song. that is a fantastic. That is piece a of music. great song. That's a great song. I but I did get her and Vanessa Carlton mixed up a lot. I did too. Like <laughs> so, like my I bad, feel like Michelle. they were like right around the corner from each other with similar bops. But Goodbye to you is a great breakup song. If you're going through it, just play that. <laughs> Turn the tequila up. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, guys. I am Michelle Branch. And I am Angela Bassett. Why not? And this is three. That's right. Back again with our bullshit. What's going <sighs> on this week? Lots of black excellence, first of all. That's Hallelujah. what's going on. Great. So Wonderful. I'd like to start this week's black excellence by saying um, how happy I am that I don't have to march down to Viacom <laughs> in a couple of weeks <laughs> with my thickest boot. And kick somebody's door That's in. That's right. I'm 15, just glad 15, y'all knew. <laughs> we are where we needed to be with decision making. Yes. So if you haven't heard, uh, Missy Elliott will be receiving mm-hmm. her deserved yes. video 
Vanguard That's right. Award. Incredibly overdue. From MTV. That's right. Later this month. I mean, if you've seen Missy Elliott's videos, you understand That's that right. um this is just a long time coming. And quite frankly, like I'm not even gonna do the whole uh, you know, hullabaloo <laughs> that I would that I, I've already do. done what I need to <laughs> I've told you bitches. Writer. <laughs> Producer, singer, rapper, dancer, actress. You girls need to know what type. Visionary. A connoisseur of looks. Inspiration and icon. I mean, I'm just, I'm tired of playing with y'all bitches, but clearly you tired of playing with yourselves too. So here we are. (laughs) Missy will be collecting her things. It's about motherfucking time. Um, I believe she will also give you paltry bitches a performance. Which y'all truly don't deserve. You don't, you really don't deserve. But here we are. And I'm just so, I'm grateful because really, honestly, Missy should have been the second person to get this award right I mean, after Michael Jackson. Hello. And that's not even, like, no shade to all the others who have received it. I mean, shade to some of y'all. Jennifer Lopez, girl, we still don't understand. But it's all right. the, the fact the the fact that Missy was not number two to get this award means that y'all been bullshitting over at Viacom since you created it. Who so. was number two? Janet? Because I know Janet got one. Okay. I just don't remember if she was number two. Or well, not. I don't remember who was. Okay. Yes. If Janet was two, then fine. Fine. I will <laughs> like, allow it. <laughs> Because legendary status and, you know, the sister of Michael Jackson. I will Missy Elliott shouldn't be Top getting a, vi- a video <laughs> Vanguard Award in 2019. Yes. That is the point. After but here Justin we are. fucking Timberlake. But it don't matter. It do not matter. Because, you know, Missy is not hateful and stinking ugly about it like we are. She's just very grateful and gracious. Last year she was talking about, hopefully I can put in the work and, you know, maybe that. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> No, fuck that, girl. You are ain't no about being humble. Yeah, no. You have painted yourself black. You've been covered in bees. You have stretched your neck out and 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 spat in niggas' yes. mouths. Yes. You have crawled across the ground. You've had Trina twerking in your videos, girl. No more. You turn trash bags into couture. We will speak your name. I'm sorry. We will stand forever. No more. Period. So. Thank you, MTV, for not making us, like, have to come down there and whoop y'all's asses. Because y'all knew. It was for the best. There was a whole fucking petition. Like, Viacom, stop being dumbasses about this. Top tier music videos. And that's, like, shit While is not old some of your faves just get somebody to bring in a smoke machine and a few strobed come lights. On, come on. A car that is not theirs and a couple of bad IG bitches. <laughs> Missy Elliott has been giving you girls treatments! Woo. Treatments for decades! <laughs> the buck stops here. Give that bitch her things. August 26th, the MTV VMAs to watch. That's right. Because finally they're acting like they got some goddamn sense. That's right. Hello and congratulations to the queen. The girls could simply wish <laughs> that they could touch the hem of your garment. That's right. All and be made new. <laughs> I'm done. These hoes can't do nothing but hope about it, period. Missy's videos still look futuristic. Today, y'all bitches out here sampling songs from R&B girls that the doll wrote, looking up to artists that have called on the doll for a hot record. Act like you got some goddamn sense. I'm tired. She is to be revered. She is to be celebrated. She is to be uplifted for the incredible work she has done, especially in the realm of music videos and that particular art form. And it's just late. 
but it's more than deserved and I'm glad MTV will finally be releasing Missy's things back to her. It was always hers. It was just a matter of y'all actually stopping the bullshit. In the words of the great MC Deborah, you don't have to see it because you know it. That's all that matters. Amen. What a word. Um, also, Black Excellence, um, Simone Biles. So let's talk about how Simone, Simone Biles is a real life X man. This didn't look real. I don't. What? I like, Can the human body do that? I asked. Him, <laughs> so, nearly a week ago, uh, she became the first person in history to nail a double double landing mm. on the beam. Okay. She's now also first woman to land a triple double on the floor. Now, if you don't know what any of that means, like I had to Google, yep. you can simply look for clips of this woman defying gravity mm-hmm. um, and breaking records. <laughs> She's also the first woman in almost 70 years to win six U.S. all-around titles <laughs> at the USA Gymnastics Championship. Uh, what an icon. I mean, Black Widow could God literally damn. never. Scarlett Johansson wishes. I mean, here we have <laughs> the real Black Widow. The Avengers, the MCU, they need to be calling the girl. Because how do you do this? She flipped goddamn like... Yeah, it don't make no... If you haven't seen the video, you really have to look it up. Because the number of times this girl moved her body in the air just do not seem like it's How do you even learn how to do that? Right. The article I read said Simone Biles has once again broken gymnastics. Because like... You should literally not even be cap- the human body not supposed to be capable of doing the things she can do. I would have literally done the Annalise Keating gif and picked up my purse, <laughs> and walked I'd be off like this bitch. Like, I don't want to play no I'm more. Not, I'm <laughs> not, bitch. I'm going home. I don't want to play no more. Uh, we stand. Um, and last but not least, I just wanted to send love to Afton Williamson. Did you hear about this story? I did not. The actor who uh, left this show on ABC, The Rookie. Oh, my God. So, apparently, she had made, uh, she'd spoken to, I guess, the showrunners and EPs of people on this show about racist, uh, bullying, inappropriate racist comments, and sexual harassment that she was experiencing on the set of this show. And she says that it went, uh, when she found out that, like, they weren't reporting the stuff to HBR to HBR when they weren't <laughs> reporting the stuff to HR. They weren't really doing anything about fixing it. She left right. the show, and she also um, talked about like a history of abuse that she's experienced and stuff yeah. like that. And I just feel like if she were white, there would be more people talking about this. So I just wanted to send love to yeah. her and to her talent and everything that she's going through, and just say you're awesome. I'm glad you said something because, like, you're right. If she was white, this would have been all over every fucking thing. And this is my first time hearing about it. Mm-hmm. And I just Googled it real quick. And goddamn, that is so sad. Like, the story itself is sad. Um, yeah, so, read it and go yeah. send that lady some love because it's like, yeah. if you we were talking about literally any Katherine Heigl or something like that, and I'm not trying to, like, shit on anybody because, you know, whatever, but I just know, you yeah. know what I mean? The temperature out here. It absolutely would be. And it's like, where are all of these feminists to support this lady? Like, Hollywood, Please. white Hollywood specifically is so quick to stand up mm-hmm. when a white person in Hollywood goes through these types of things and then you have to Google because somebody right. casually mentions it at the water cooler when it's a black person. Right. And nothing's really done. And they will likely kill off her character or replace her or whatever and keep on moving and... 
It'll like it ain't nothing, good. right? Yeah. Love to you, Afton Williamson. Hey, y'all. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding a work-life balance can be tough. Okay. If anybody knows, I know. But Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. If you don't know, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can use Squarespace to create a website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to your time, all in one place. With the new guided design Squarespace blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website that's optimized for every device and make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. You can accept credit cards, PayPal, Apple Pay, and in certain countries, you can give customers the chance to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. Y'all know I love Squarespace. I used it to put our website together. This is 3.com. I've also used it on my personal website, crystal.com. And that is because, first of all, it's very easy to use if you ever need to update it. It's simple to log in, make whatever updates you can make or whatever you need to do without knowing any code or anything like that. And it helps me to just stay organized, do everything I need to do. Because you got to have a web presence, okay? It's 2024. You got to have a web pre- web presence. So head on over to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash three to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Let them know if you're in Crystal sent you. All right, let's get back to the show. Hey, y'all. Ever notice how your relationship with your wireless carrier can have the same yada yada as a bad romantic relationship? Of course you do. We're about to get into all of the reasons that that happens when these listener letters get here. Like you're treated to something special at the beginning with exciting gifts and offers and, you know, imagery of what a perfect partner could look like. But then you get ignored and overlooked, ghosted, if you will. Well, if this sounds like your wireless carrier, it might be time to put an end to that. Now at Metro, existing customers get that new customer feeling again and again. Introducing Metro Flex, more than just free 5G phones when you join. Get the same great deals as new customers on select devices like Samsung, Motorola, and Revel when you stay 12 months and trade in a phone. It's the first of many initiatives Metro is making to ensure all of their customers feel valued, unlike that person who's left you on red. Stop by your neighborhood Metro store, bring your number and ID, and sign up for an eligible Metroflex plan. Let's move on. All right. So in this week's pop culture segment, which is titled Hot Tops, Pee-wee's Big Adventurous Bottom. Um, man, <laughs> what is lots to talk about. So this Coming to America sequel is coming along uh Nicely, I'd say, in my opinion, uh, my individual opinion. Okay. I knew that they would call it coming to America with the number two. I don't know if that's the official title or whatever, but that's definitely what they're doing right now. I mean, now. that would make sense. But besides Eddie Murphy returning uh, as Prince Hakeem in the film, we've got uh, Arsenio Hall, which we knew. James Earl Jones is back. Paul Bates. John Amos is on. Uh, Shari Headley was announced today that she's coming back to return. Yes, I saw that. Uh, as her role, Wesley Snipes is apparently going to be in it. Jermaine Fowler, Leslie Jones, whoop whoop, love me some Les Jones. <laughs> Kiki Lane, who I love. Apparently Rick Ross is going to be in this movie. Ooh, what? <laughs> like, how I don't know random. how I feel about seeing Rick Ross wrapped in Cheetah Print talking about, oh, but I mean. Well, maybe he'll be a CO. I'm going. <laughs> He might. You never know. 
<laughs> Vanessa Bell Calloway is also <laughs> coming back, apparently. So this seems to be lining up to be yeah. one. Um, that you know, at least we've got the right people in the right places. I'm going. At the moment. I'm de- I'm, I'm going. going. Yeah, coming to America is literally one of my favorite movies. Period. And so you've got enough people back. I want to see what you're talking about. Um, I think I mentioned before, but the plot, uh, as it says here on Deadline, follows former Prince Akin, who is sent to become King of Zamunda. When he discovers he has a son he never knew about in America. Oh, Lord. A street-savvy Queens native named Lavelle. Honoring his father's dying wish to groom this son as the crowned prince, Akeem and Sammy set off to America. Wow. So James Earl Jones is going to be in this movie for all of like 15 minutes Probably. and get his whole full check. I'm not mad. Listen, Cheese he finessed finesse Disney the exact burgers. same way. Okay. <laughs> I bet he didn't even really re-record his vocals. He was just like, I guess y'all can use it again. Like, look. <laughs> so just take half of my lines from the other one. And just, like, I'm not mad at that. Lines. Yes, you better recycle these checks. <laughs> get, I live. Get checks for the same movie over and over. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I, have, I mean, I'm sad to see his character dying, but it makes sense. Like, I understand that being the catalyst for him coming back to America and finding his son and all that. So, right. good. This will be fun. Eddie Murphy's producing with Kevin Misher and uh, Kenya Barris. So, you know, Kenya from the Blackish, which Blackish is in syndication already. (laughs) I die. And Loretta Devine is going to be on the next season, bitch. (laughs) They're not slowing up or something. Loretta Devine was so fed up on a black lady sketch show. (laughs) I was in tears. She leaned in and said, do you want to tap that ass tonight or not? (laughs) She was over it. What (laughs) a treasure. She really is. But like seeing all these, there's actually episodes of Blackish that I don't remember seeing, even though I feel like I've seen every episode. So just going back, first of all, you can see how big these kids have gotten. Miles has a full mustache. Miles... And Marseille is today is Marseille's birthday, first yeah. of all. Fifteen years old. Yeah. Fully was not ready for that. And I just saw some commercial shoes in the other day. I'm like, she is really a little lady now. Like they were babies then. If you go back to I remember watching the first season of of Blackish and falling in love with that little girl. Yeah. And but remembering so outside of how funny she was. Right. How tiny she was right. at the time. We have really watched them grow up. Like I literally remember how small those kids who play the twins were on the pilot. And now they're about to be grown. Right. Probably, you know what I'm saying? Having grown up roles soon and cussing. <laughs> I don't know. Well, how old am I? Oh God, no. See, I'm not gonna be able to handle it when Marseille does her euphoria. <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to. I'm I can barely handle Zendaya and Storm Reed in that show. Oh like, goddamn! Listen, Euphoria grown. was fucking good. What a great piece of television! Are they are they doing another season of that? They have to be. I don't know. It did so well. It did do really well. It was incredible. And I mean, that I would be so mad disturbing. if I would be mad if they were like, oh, you know, we feel like we wrapped it up. On some artsy yeah. shit. You know how some shows like to be like, one season was enough. Yeah. We said everything that we nah, wanted kiss to. My ass. Fuck that. Come back. We got uh, questions that need answers. Right. That was a great show. It really was. It was, uh, anyway, it fucked me up though in a lot of ways. It did. Like, the youth are not all right. <laughs> 
They are not, girl. <laughs> Everything is not okay. Some of it was super heavy, especially during like the first half of the season. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, I think it just started to sort of start. Well, I mean, it came in out. crazy it, with yeah, the nine eleven footage. <laughs> it's like, and then I thought about like, damn, the people born during that time. <laughs> They really are like coming of age now. Holy shit. And yeah, you were born into chaos, literally, in so many ways. But anyway, great, great programming. Shout out to HBO and Zendaya and everybody involved because that show was really it. I did enjoy it. Yes. And Rose has canceled this year's Slut Walk or the latest Slut Walk, whenever the next one is. Okay. <laughs> um, You know, she's still preggers. Oh, right, right, right. So uh, she shared the following on her IG. Not really a um, uh, an iOS press release, but more of like um, iOS uh, slam poetry. I don't know. So oh, she Lord. left one of y'all's uh, uh, quote poems that y'all like to screenshot. And it says, let me tell you this. If you meet a loner, no matter what they tell you, it's not because they enjoy solitude. It's because they have to try to blend into the world before... And people continue to disappoint them. Okay. So the caption says, Okay. So me. <laughs> I stopped being friends with about 20 people last year. I've had friends steal jewelry and money from me, sleep with my boyfriends behind my back, male friends lying and telling people we were sleeping together. Can totally yeah, see sounds that. sounds like a nigga. Alcoholic, drug addict friends, abusive friends, toxic personality friends. And I even had a friend call social service services on me twice for no fucking reason only to sue me for calling her and cursing her out when i found out it was her that phone call cost me one hundred sixty-eight thousand dollars. god damn man the list goes on you have to she must have told that bitch that she was coming with blaze yeah she <laughs> like, must have threatened her life and that girl had As you she definitely had the recorder on of course <laughs> man the list goes on you have no idea the funny thing is i never sl- snitched publicly on anyone ain't that some shit people may not know this but i'm extremely unproblematic <laughs> i don't start fights what? i don't do drugs i'm as sweet as pie and constantly get walked all over I'm so happy god has blessed me with a new baby and an amazing man i love that she capitalized new baby and amazing man as if they're like <laughs> proper nouns. song titles or something <laughs> To help me through all the turmoil. That's why I've been laying so low during this pregnancy. No toxicity will be tolerated over here. Only positive vibes. Fuck fake friends and their weirdo shit. I'd rather just have my family and my team. P.S. This is also why I'm not having my slut walk this year. What? Sorry, I just have to protect my energy and peace. Mother. So we went through all that to get a P.S. That's why I'm not having slut yeah. walk. <laughs> but what do the people you've cut out your life have to do with slut walk? I don't know. Maybe she, some of the people she cut out of her life are the people she's used to working with on I'm slut assuming walk. she means Black China. Like she and China fell I out I think maybe. a lot of people are assuming she means Black China. But I mean, girl, the slut walk thing is your brand. You don't need China to have a parade. I think that she, mama is just pregnant and wants to lay down. And that's fine. And that's perfect. That is that. fine. I, I just don't understand. Well, we got all of this information that you probably also shared with your therapist, you know, beforehand. Assuming but, she has one. But assuming she has one. Because the fact that she said I'm sweet as pie and I constantly get walked all over makes me think she doesn't know how to establish boundaries with people. But I mean, know, when I you're don't famous, know you're going to attract toxic people. Yeah, you're going to attract anyway. people who want your money. 
or your fame. Attention, access, whatever. Listen, your rap niggas, your ex-rap niggas, the whatever. that these niggas can't stop talking about. Right. All that shit. So, so uh, I get that. And I doubly get being pregnant and not wanting to be around no dumb shit. Super get that. And I have so, no uterus. I feel like we could have just had a... But, you know, I'm also not mad at her sharing her feelings. That's fine. You I know, guess. I don't think that there's anything wrong with what she's sharing or, you know, saying, I'm going to skip out on this thing that y'all are used to me doing because I'm growing a human being and I just yeah. want to. Like, right. you know, you do have to protect your energy and your peace. You're right, girl, because like growing a person is not easy work and you don't need nothing stressing you out. So like and guess what, girl? Sluts gonna walk regardless because like, <laughs> I got places to to be and people to do. So you ain't even got to worry about that. The show's Lord, gonna go on. So if you just want to, you know, rest your swollen feet, honey. <laughs> Listen, until that motherfucker exits the premises. Totally understandable. We are here already at the Reed Supporter Decision. One hundred, girl, do that shit. Don't be bounded with these niggas or you know these whites and <laughs> and possibly black. China. Oh we don't man, know. this vi- she posted a video with her. Ba- well, Sebastian is not a baby no more. Goddamn. Oh yeah, Sebastian about to be in college. He that is a whole man. Look, oh my god, look at him. He's literally. I, he should tutor me. <laughs> <laughs> That young man is so bright. He's so cute. His little face. I t- I'm Bash Hive. Like, <laughs> still, I've already said the this. The Bash Hive is still fully in effect, okay? live for the Bash. <laughs> oh, God. Look at him. Ugh, I'm getting old, man. All these kids. Peace and love to Miss Amber, Amberish Rose and uh, protecting her yeah. energy. Hope you have a healthy... Uh, yeah. Good luck, just labor. Yeah, Yeah. because that is not no punk shit. And the rest of your pregnancy, I don't even know how far along she is. Me either, but I feel like I've known she was pregnant forever. Yeah, I remember hearing about her being pregnant maybe some months ago, and I think that she was getting an ultrasound or something by then. So, oh, here, I'm looking at her, but oh, she's still uh, with the wigs. I see being pregnant is not stopping her from promoting that damn flat tummy tea. I mean, you got to do what you got to (laughs) do. Formula is not free. Not for nobody, including everyone. And the caption says, I may not be able to drink it yet. (laughs) (laughs) But that's not going to stop me from getting this ad money. I know that's right. Bitch, do you, girl? I'm not buying none, drinking none, promoting none, believing in none. But go. But you know what I'm not doing? And judging you, sis. Dude, is this Go the baby off. father? Oh, yeah, we did talk about the baby father oh, and yeah. the differences in captions. You that rapper that? we had never heard of. Yeah. <laughs> or a producer. What does he do? Something like that. He's Oakland boy, Last King Records, VP of A&R Def Jam. Oh, right. Right, right, right. According to his uh, Instagram bio. Okay, great. That's great. Good for him. Good for her. All right. Well... <laughs> ASAP Rocky has been uh, convicted of assault. Found guilty hmm. of the assault in Sweden. Um, but he won't have to go to jail for it or pay a fine. Technically, he doesn't have to pay a fine. Technically, he has to pay. A fine. So, right. So, <laughs> uh, the Stockholm District Court said the court finds that the defendants were not in a situation where they were entitled to self-defense. And that they have assaulted the victim by hitting and kicking him. They also say that based on uh, the financial ability 
of Rakim Rocky Mayers and his friends, they will need to uh, cover the legal expenses incurred in the case. Wow. So do they pay a fine? Nah. They just got to pay for all of the bullshit. So, yes. <laughs> you pay, you coming up out them pockets. So you're coming up out them pockets. Right. I mean, but you'll be all right. I mean, you just did a festival like couple of days ago yeah, so, so i think you're good i think you should be all right um rakim said the following on his instagram it says i am of course disappointed by today's verdict i want to say thanks again to all of my fans friends and everyone in soho who should it doesn't say that. <laughs> and everyone who showed me love during this difficult time i'm gonna keep moving forward um oh, thank you to my team okay. my management attorneys label and everyone who had advocated for justice so again all i have to say to this is good for you for being out i do think that the situation you were in was bullshit and i'm very interested in hearing your first real interview god i pray that it is not some cape wearing ass nigga that's not gonna ask you no real questions i want somebody with sense to talk to him in length about this about blackness out hip-hop and all of the above that's what i'm interested in hearing but goody for you for not being in jail no more because he didn't really need to be in jail from no he didn't that was foolish but when you said rakim i thought you meant like eric b and rakim and that's who he's named after and i was just about to ask you if he was Mm -hmm. he says mama named him after the rapper wow incredible yep okay well go off then sir oh so no wonder he didn't rap under rakim like yeah. that's not that's not gonna work sir no. the man is still alive and you know all that okay well you know womp <laughs> okay. I, hope, I mean I hope everybody in Soho is there for him while he has to write this check I'm sure that that nigga <laughs> has had copious amounts of liquor and white bitches of since course. getting back plenty he of drugs plenty fine and and exotic vagina he's good um so uh, the NYPD is closing an investigation into a police commander who said that he wanted 50 Cent shot on sight. I don't know if you remember this story. I don't think we talked about it no, on the show. No, I definitely do I not did remember, remember hearing about it when it came out. What the hell? Apparently, they launched an investigation. They specifically being the Internal Affairs Bureau Group 1. <sighs> Who handles police corruption? <laughs> I couldn't even get it out. Okay, laughing. right. Handles police corruption cases for captains and above. <laughs> okay. So anyway, they say that wow. the fact that there's so much corruption that they have to have a <laughs> totally separate one and still just doing for the shit. people. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's uh, just in place so that they can say that something right, in place. Right. Right. <laughs> um. So Brooklyn Deputy Inspector Emmanuel Gonzalez. Uh, allegedly said it. Okay, so they were having like a NYPD sanctioned boxing match or something in the oh, Bronx. And during a roll call, this Gonzalez character said that uh, if 50 Cent showed up, he wanted him shot on sight. And then, of course, claimed it to be a joke and blah, 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 whatever. A spokeswoman for the NYPD says that the case is closed. This allegation was uns- unsubstantiated and closed, is what she said. 50 Cent apparently uh, posted and deleted. I knew that they were not going to do anything about this, so I stopped talking about it. NYPD is handed down the toughest gang in New York. You just got to be ready for whatever. You know the vibes. So I just think it's completely okay. foolish that this motherfucker, like, what? What is this? Like, you, you literally said, shoot this nigga on sight, but that was... 
Like, how, joke. Is that, how is that a joke coming from a police officer with a gun and a whole talking to a whole bunch of other people who also have guns? Like, what? And the, and the knowing, history. right, knowing the history of police force, including and especially the NYPD. My God. And y'all's total, like, willingness and, like, honestly, you're excited about shooting niggas. Like, it happens so frequently. And knowing that y'all get away with it, it's just like, how did he not at least win a lawsuit? That nigga must have heard about 50 Cent coming by and instantly in his mind it played, they say this is a big rich town. <laughs> I just come from the poets. Because he absolutely thought he was a character on power. I guess he did. I guess so. But mm, this just seems like, oh, well, you're right. Of course, the police force is not really going to do nothing when it comes down to it. But that's just They're raggedy. literally the best gang. And this is not exclusive to the New York Police Department. That is just so right. Police and this motherfucker all together. Yeah. Blood, scripts, nobody can see these motherfuckers <laughs> at all. Because they right. will kill you and literally get away with it. Exactly. There's nobody you could put them nowhere because they're going to hold each other down. Yes. Period. Always. You can't the boys touch the police. Blue. Right. <laughs> Every New York rapper has talked about this shit and said the exact same damn thing. Nothing has changed. So, wow. Yikes. But I mean, you know, he's alive. And making about three more versions of power. Right. So I guess all we can say Look, is thanks for that. On the other hand, that. it is 50 Cent. And while I don't want nobody unjustly killed by the police, I'm also not like a huge fan of the shit 50 Cent be saying and doing. So it's 50 like. 50 Cent is a living troll. He just has a good time like trolling. But. And like, people love him for but, that. Yeah, they do. But like. Trolls need to grow up. Like, so you're a whole grown ass man. Sometimes. Still it's, playing games on the internet. Sometimes it's funny. And like when that nigga said that he bought out 200 seats or whatever at a Ja Rule concert. That was hilarious. That is golden. It is. And then other times it's like, okay, 50, like, come on now, bro. So I just don't care. Like with the Blaze Her Girl. It's no need to to keep harping on that. It's not. There's no need to keep harping on that. That was a back and forth (laughs) cipher of disses. Because Tierra Marie wasn't going to fold for nobody. That bitch put out diss records and and Um, Photoshop shit and all kinds of stuff. She folded for that I don't. Well, she had a choice but fall for the verdict. And did she? Because what she hasn't been doing is folding up dollar bills to give to I mean, her. look, and he know good and damn well she ain't got that money. It's why she's like, I mean, sir, you could also grow up. You know, that is an option. But like the whole way that that whole thing happened itself was 50 Cent trolling and taking it too far. Because there was no exactly. reason for him to be involved in that shit And it don't all. have to be malicious like it's so often. It, like you could troll like 50 Cent or you could troll like Will Smith. Will Smith trolls? Right, exactly. Yes, he does. But he trolls his family and he does it in a loving way. That don't count. It does. You could be that instead of this awful terribleness (laughs) shit. And then he films it and puts it in these cute little edited videos for us to enjoy on Instagram. First of all, 50 Cent has actual familial issues and they make me sad. Like, sincerely. The way he treats his son, that shit is so wrong. It just makes me sad that they have that relationship at all because I remember him holding his baby up when he, that when Marcus or Marquise was like super super tiny and I just he looks exactly like him. It right. just makes me sad every single time. And I think that people find like entertainment in that too. That's another hmm. example to me of like okay, there's funny and then there's just like okay, this is unnecessary. Like anytime that he posts anything about his other son or anything else, someone brings up yeah his first son and it's just like 
The trolling and the laughs and the beefing with Rick Ross and, and Ja Rule and Irv Gotti or whoever else is like plenty of memes and fun to be made out, made out of that. But then other things, it's just like, I can't react to this because yeah. it's just, it's just fucked it's not up and funny. wrong. Yeah. Right. But this, yeah. <laughs> the police being ashy and raggedy, no surprise there. Can and we getting expect? away with it right in front of your face. It's like, of course, it's NYPD. They could have just lined up next to each other and taken a photo mooning him Mm -hmm. and posted it on whatever social. Because they didn't give a fuck. (laughs) They could have actually shot that nigga on site and would have been like, you don't know what you girls are talking about. The man, the cop who killed Eric Garner, I'm pretty sure still has not been fired, right? I don't think he so. Def- and even though Bill de Blasio was confronted straight up on the debate stage, like, you can't really talk about combating racism and fighting bullshit and all that, sir, when you haven't even fired the <laughs> officer who killed Eric Garner. And I was like, oop, <laughs> tell de Blasio again, make him pick his fucking face up. And even still, and even still. So, you know. I'm, this is so off topic, but did you see Chris Cuomo going off after being called uh, that, that from Italian the shit? Talking about it was the Italian version of the N word. I love. <laughs> White people crazy. And like, you know, whatever your derogatory terms are, you have the right to be offended and cuss somebody out over whatever, whatever. I just love how many people um, take whatever derogatory terms or slurs from their culture or race or whatever and be like, it's like if you were to say the N word. It's like so many people understand the gravity of that word and simultaneously we still try to convince motherfuckers not to say it. It's not like the N word because you already know the N word is the standard for ugliness. You already know that. You won't even say it. You say <laughs> you say N word. <laughs> I actually saw a debate on cable news once about like which one is worse, the N word or whatever other slur. And one of the panels was like the point, the, the one fact that, that we're saying one of these out loud and the other one will have asterisks and bleeps over it lets you know which one is worse. Yeah, that was like a, a very viral moment. Yeah, yes. yeah, that shit was wild because it was like there's the answer right what? in the question. It's right. It's right here in the text. Um, so. Oh, Lord. In news that blew my eyebrows off, apparently there's some long-term partnership between Rock Nation and the NFL now. Um, oh, yeah. What the fuck is that? NFL's calling them the live music entertainment strategists. And, uh... <sighs> What does that even mean? The partnership to me it means that they're gonna leave the Super Super Bowl Bowl shit to Rock Nation. The partnership will begin as the NFL's 100th. I don't care about that, and will serve as (laughs) serve as a commitment from Rock Nation and the NFL to nurture and strengthen community through music and the NFL's Inspire Change Initiative, which I think Jay Z also has something to do with. I'm not sure. Um, Rock Nation will spearhead and advise on the selection of artists for the NFL tentpole performances, including the Super Bowl. There you go. And will assist in the production and promotion of new music as well as culture and cause-focused initiatives. Core component of the partnership will be to amplify the Inspire Change platform priority areas identified by NFL players, including education and economic advancement, improving police community relations and criminal justice reform. So... Hmm. Jay-Z and um, (laughs) this other man whose name has escaped me and I can't find it. Robert Kraft? Yes. No, not him. Oh. Someone else. A a white billionaire? More than very likely. (laughs) 
So they had like a, a little press moment where they were talking about it. Obviously, there was lots of criticism coming up and Colin Kaepernick's name was echoed a million times over and things like that. And they seem to be, you know, firm in this idea that they can make uh, substantial change and eradicate some ignorance and some nonsense within over at the National Football League. Mm. And that this partnership is a step in that direction. To that I say, I will believe it when I see it. Um, unless y'all about to have a Negro barbecue in the middle of that field during <laughs> right. the Super Bowl and only niggas are allowed to go in. I don't know what you're going to no do. I don't, are you going to have Beyonce perform freedom while every black NFL player kneels? I don't like what, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. cause this just doesn't feel good, especially mm-hmm. being that Kaepernick wasn't involved. Right. Eric Reed wasn't involved. They say that they didn't know anything about it. So it's like, what are, you know, I'm not, I'm mm-hmm. going to, I'm going to sit and wait okay, and see what they do with this mm-hmm. before I pass judgment. Because right now, to me, it just looks like very rich niggas, very rich people using each doing other business. to make more money. Yeah. Right. Without any real thought to the other parts of it. But I don't know. Like, I kind of thought on the one hand, since Colin got his check, that niggas were over it niggas was honestly yes like and i'm not gonna go back to watching the nfl every week because my blood pressure is lower you know i'm good and i'm less stressed (laughs) but i had my super bowl party last year and the year before that and i will continue to have it because first of all that's my baby 28 and 3's birthday it means a lot to you and secondly that day is like a holiday in the united states like it's just a huge cultural moment and i'd love to any fucking reason to have people over to my house it literally means funny commercials and movie trailers to me and that's fine but for me it is the one football game i will watch and a year. possibly a show a concert that i may be interested in usually yeah. i'm not so i i am glad that colin kaepernick uh, like i'm glad he stood up for what he believed in and it led to all this but i'm also glad for my health because i am a much calmer happier person without the nfl stressing me out every fucking week so this to me, honestly, like I said, it just sounds like rich people looking to make each other richer. But remember, they the NFL really struggled with finding somebody for the halftime show. Girl, Maroon 5, gross. Oh, yeah. All the girls were like... That was after Rihanna and Pink were like, you got me fucked up. Not only fuck you, but fuck you. But now that <laughs> like, Rock Nation is running things, I feel like they'll be able to have... Maybe Rihanna will be doing the Super Bowl halftime show now, so... And this is like right on the heels of the owner of the Dolphins or something having, oh, having a yeah. Trump fundraiser that or something like that. That motherfucker Last week, yes. And Robert Kraft, the man who brokered the deal, is very good friends with the president. And it's like, y'all literally worked together to keep this brother unemployed. It's not just like, oh, well, we didn't like that shit that he did and we're operating from a place of ignorance, but now we're listening and da-da-da-da. Like, y'all sincerely. Y'all were mad. For this man, speaking of trying to spread awareness to a real fucking fact, y'all are like, nah. And you like, so to me, especially... With Jay-Z and his raps and a lot of his efforts has tried, well, I won't say tried because I don't know, but like has sort of given me I love us for real with very much a lot of the stuff that he talks about and like black ownership and making a difference and stuff like that, which is why I'd like to give him and Rock Nation the benefit of the doubt with what's going on here or whatever. But just in the moment. It doesn't feel great. Yeah. Because, you know. Because it's just like, what are you, what are you, I mean, because people do expect, quote unquote, better from Jay-Z. I mean, he put, 
in his own fucking songs. Like, I said no to the Super Bowl. You need me. I don't need you. Like, so this is just like very much a total 180 from what we would have expected. Right. So, like you said, unless it's about to be like Rock Nation makes all decisions about the Super Bowl, the NFL don't get to approve nothing. And we just have a blackity black ass show where everybody disrespects the fucked out white people and calls out racism and calls Trump everything that he really is. Then it's just like, what, what exactly is going on here? But I feel like at the same time, sure, the Super Bowl is like the most watched NFL event and probably one of the it's most, the most watched, watched, event, period. watched event period. Yeah. Right. But it's like that alone isn't going to be enough, I think, to like eradicate the fuckery within the league period much less what's going on in community right exactly this is not a real solution for anybody but the billionaires so but i mean it doesn't mean that you can't do something you know out here or whatever but it it i can't help but feel like this is an opportunity because the black dollar is the black dollar is the black dollar and white folk can hate us all they want to they know that at the end of the day when we're off it, they got to yeah. scramble to figure out which one of these Negroes yeah. can help them get that card back. Because Maroon 5 doing the Super Bowl was a tragedy. Honey, couldn't tell you nothing about it. I was like, this might be the first time that I have been like, I would rather take a nap than look at this halftime show. Like, bring on the commercials. Because, girl, what the fuck is this? Couldn't tell you. At least Katy Perry brought out uh, Missy. <laughs> she did. True. And you think Missy's, it was Missy's halftime show. You, I mean, it might as well have been. I, I wanted know. Missy to stay. It was, was, I don't know shit Katy Perry did that year. Did she ride a unicorn? Probably or? Teenage Dream or something. I, don't, I was thinking, did she jump girl? off a building? But that was Lady Gaga. So, did never she mind. jump off a building? Remember Lady Gaga like did a fake, like a woo, and she just kind of jumped off of <laughs> like a, a ledge or something. You know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. She's done a lot of odd things. You that, know, she's uh, weird. She's ridiculous. Gaggish. I saw it in her documentary, whatever that documentary was. Oh, I haven't out. seen that yet. It was it was the interesting, you know? You know which one I really want to watch too? I haven't watched Amy. Oh, I haven't watched Amy either. Probably because for a long time I was like, no, don't feel like getting in my feelings thing. <laughs> Look, <laughs> yes. That. Because I really loved me some Amy Winehouse. With my full heart. <laughs> I was devastated when she when she died. I cried all day. I was just... <sighs> anyway, okay, we were talking about... Yeah, we're talking something. about this Rock Nation NFL oh, yeah. thing. Rich you know, I, Oh my God, Jay-Z has on my jacket. Shut up. What jacket? And this picture of the jacket that that nigga had at CBS tried me over. Nigga, I thought you meant like your jacket, like a Kid Fury jacket. Nigga. <laughs> the off-white jacket that that nigga thought oh, I stole. yeah. But it looks like it. Anyways. Every time you say off-white, I think you mean the like color. Like the color. No, I don't know fashion. That's so, fine. But it's okay. Yeah. Hopefully this does some actual good. I'm all about... I'm not holding my breath. Negroes. Though. I'm not. But I'm all about Negroes having spaces in here to do what needs to be done and say what needs to be said. But the NFL is a mighty white bitch. And girl. Yeah. We'll see. Capitalists. You know, everybody involved is a capitalist. So adjust your expectations. There are no heroes. So, as the Queen Radio correspondent, I'm gonna just let you go ahead. When I tell you that I don't care about, has Trina gone live? Let's. Check. I've been checking. No, I'm. <laughs> I was actually just now about to look. Like somebody let me know. Somebody tagged me. I don't think she has though that video. But that video she put out, I was like, I don't know why you bitches keep trying her. Let me just start with that. First of all, okay. Okay. So. Trina's A&R posted some shit on Instagram calling Nicki Minaj like a manipulator and a deceiver and saying he feels sorry for the barbs because (laughs) 
she's not supporting or promoting BAPS, the song that Trina and Nicki Minaj are on together on Trina's latest album, the one they were supposed to shoot a video. He says that she's not answering Trina's calls and he mad because she released Megatron on the same day as Trina's album. And now she's, you know, shooting videos with Mega the stallion for some songs she just did or whatever, whatever. All I feel about that is why is Trina not saying this? You're not her publicist. You're not right. her manager. You're her A&R for whatever that means in 2019. Right. Everybody's technically an A&R at this goddamn point. <laughs> but you're not in the position, in my opinion, to right. be speaking for her on some shit like that, especially if you're going to be starting drama between her and another artist. Trina has okay. never been someone for all of the years I fanned for this woman who has an issue speaking out for herself or saying what the fuck she want to say. If that lady got an issue... She will say it if it needs to be said. So I don't know why. I honestly didn't think he was trying to speak for Trina. I thought he was just expressing his own opinion. Why? But you know, we don't need it. Right. Because you you mentioned your association with Trina in it, which means you brought her into it for no damn good reason. Like, I, and honestly, it felt unnecessary. Like, you're not the artist here. So why are your feelings being exposed? You are literally being described as Trina's A&R because that's what you do. I you are tell a you representative right now if you put a gun to my face. You are a representative of this woman. So what you do represents her. Yeah. My nigga, like yeah. where are you at? Right. If that lady got beef if she got a problem, she could speak for her motherfucking self, which is exactly what she said on Instagram and promised to go live and she hasn't since. And so <laughs> I'm about to tweet and ask. But at the end of the motherfucking day, I'm team Trina regardless. I don't give a fuck what time it is and y'all bitches better already know Okay, that. they said no. But, she has not gone live yet. Okay, she clearly hasn't. That's fine. I mean, I feel like we would know. Right. I mean, I think I have my Instagram notifications on for her and Beyonce and literally no one else. <laughs> so like it would literally say Trina is gone. Live. Trina Rockstar. <laughs> right. I've got nothing. So All calm right. down, girl. OK. And at the end of the day, I don't give a fuck nothing about this because at the end of the day, I'm I'm rocking with the baddest bitch. Right. And I love Nicki Minaj's music as well. And whatever the fuck mm-hmm. is going on. Mm-hmm. They ain't got nothing to do with me. I don't care. OK. But yeah. I'm team train. Say. If for no other reason than Trina, as long as she has been out, don't never have shit with people unless they try her first. So Even that- the ones that do try her get dust more often than not. Right. So if my bitch got an issue, let it be known, it's not for nothing. Right. And that's what makes me feel like if Trina goes live and is like, yeah, I'm annoyed with Nicki Minaj for XYZ reasons, then I'm automatically going to be on her side. You're right. Especially because Trina has a reputation of being the Monica of rap. And Nikki has a reputation for starting shit and being in the middle of shit and instigating and carrying shit on and all that. All I so, know is my bitch Katrina has shown her love continuously on a song, not on a song, yeah. seeing you, not seeing you. She shows her love. She's defended her in interviews that ain't got nothing to do with Nicki Minaj. This bitch ain't just going to come out the woodworks and just be pissed because she ain't in a video. Yeah. But again, I haven't heard her say anything about Nicki right. Minaj Still yet. waiting on her to go live. So this shouldn't even be going the fuck on. But you know, I was listening to Queen Radio as I do. I'm sure you were. And she talked about this A&R who, you know, said whatever about her on Instagram, but she didn't really go into it at that moment. And I know she went back later and talked about it more, but at that point, I think we had a meeting, so I had to cut Queen Radio off. Oh. So I missed all that part, but when I tuned in, she was cussing Joe Budden out. 
I tuned, well, I was on Twitter. <laughs> I didn't listen to it. But I was on Twitter and I saw like scrolling down one of my um, lists or whatever. Uh, Joe Budden joins Nicki Minaj Queen Radio, oh and the God. first thing I thought to myself was, "Oh, I didn't know they were cool." Like, you know, I didn't think that there would be issues with one another. But I figured <laughs> if he's going up there, then they must be cool, and they're gonna, you know, do like a nope. podcast mashup or whatever. Nope. And then Alex gonna talk, call me talking about some. Are you listening to Queen Radio? I said, Alex, why would I be doing? You know that? better than that. Like, why are you even asking me that question? You know what I'm listening <laughs> you to. You know it. I'm not. Oh my gosh, she's yelling at, at Joe Biden and blah blah blah. By the time she told me that, and I went back to Twitter, there were audio clips. <laughs> And all I heard was, you dumb fuck, you dumb fuck, you dumb fuck. Explosion, explosion, air horn, air horn, cut his mic off, suck my dick. <sighs> and like... She was being ridiculous. So, I I mean, and that is what Queen Radio is. That is why we tune in for the fucking fuckery. We love that shit. That's why I love Queen Radio. People ask me break all the time down, if Break I'm down serious. for me why it's fun. Why do you love it? Well... So, because first of all, most people with that big of a name, platform, success are not willing to drop down and get into the messy Instagram ish bullshit or offendy fact, as they say now. I'm just okay, sure. Yeah, don't even get what that means, but all right. I don't know. She says it. So yeah, most people on Nikki's level would never act like this. So it's entertaining to see somebody who has earned her place, not acting like she hasn't acting like she's one of these regular-ass girls. And then it's funny because usually she's going off on people that I already don't like or don't know any damn way. Like with this whole Joe Budden situation, that shit was just funny. And she was yelling at him because I guess he said something about Nikki didn't know that Cardi was going to be on um, motorsport beforehand. Like, I guess he said that publicly. about Cardi B? Well, no, she never said Cardi's name. But she was... She brought Joe on, and what? So what she said after he stormed out like the second time was that she brought him on, thinking they were gonna have a conversation about it. He was gonna be like, "Yeah, my bad, I was wrong, I lied on you, peace." Like my bad, and they was just gonna move on. But Joe refused to acknowledge the fact that he did say that Mm -hmm. over and over, and so she just kept getting more frustrated and being like, "No, cut his mic off," so that she could just yell. And I said, "I live for that shit." And then she got into his ass talking about you have an issue with women and you react a certain way when women are successful and you don't like it, blah, blah. And I'm like, girl, you might as well keep on preaching. We don't care about that. I know. I I love this dumb shit. So many people hit me up like, bitch, now I see why you like Queen Radio. Because she goes fucking nuts. And it don't make no sense. And it's entertaining. While simultaneously... It's messy. It's fun. While simultaneously trying to steer this narrative in the direction of, I'm just having a good time. I don't care about this stuff. Oh, yeah. She swears up and down. People think because I'm yelling, I'm not mad. Girl, you were mad at Joe Button, sis. You were screaming at that nigga. But she swears, I'm just from New York. It's just how we talk. And it's like, but sis, you... You're literally yelling at the top of your lungs at this nigga if and calling him mad, a dumb fuck and a stupid bitch and telling sis, him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> I don't want to see I would hate to see you incensed, girl. I really would. I guess mad for you is just murder. But see, I'm not a barb. I'm a fan of Nikki, but I'm not a barb, which means I don't have to Same. take everything she says at face value. She can swear up and down that she ain't really mad. She don't really care about all this. And she can say that she's all about uplifting uplifting black girls and anti-bullying while doing the exact opposite none of that affects me because i am literally only here for the mess i don't know as someone who i just i feel like nikki's such a talent 
and like so great. That's why it don't make sense. And does it just doesn't? And I understand like being human and not liking when people say dumb shit about you she or shit that that's up not a lot. true. I'm sure and stuff that's not true or whatever. But it's like my nigga, there's a way to do certain things and a way to defend yourself. And like literally, the only people who live for this are the barbs and you. <laughs> and like you know the barbs Nikki could douse a, a fresh baby in gasoline and throw that motherfucker in a pit of fire and they would go up they would be like the baby deserved it and the people who don't like you for nothing are gonna not you could cure cancer right. and they would still fucking hate you right. so like all of the caterwauling and all of the goddamn fucking <laughs> shit bitch we don't need it it doesn't matter nobody fucking cares it's not that fucking deep nigga they Ooh. told Beyonce she didn't have her baby they tried to tell that bitch after they miscarriages did. that she didn't care her own baby yep. to this day people be like nah, people look still. at the screenshot look at the screenshot like girl we saw her bare naked stomach <laughs> please cut the shit she said nothing I'm sure she had so many friends and family members that were on go I'm ready to cut this writer that writer this blogger and journalist uh, anybody yep. could die today nothing <laughs> you know what she did she put it in her documentary and sold it to HBO <laughs> I have to stand. And she didn't even really, did she say anything about it? She barely, she was just like, it was like a couple of sentences where she was like, I knew the internet was fucking crazy when they swore up and down that I did not actually carry my child. That was like the most ridiculous bullshit of my life. And that was it. That was in Life is But a Dream. Listen. I, Girl, I, I don't know why Nikki does it, but I, again, I love being entertained. It comes with my Apple Music subscription. And so, ah, uh, well, you are in the minority. The uh-huh. rest of us love this shit. Yes, you are. Yes, you are, my nigga. I guess. Maddie I, came look, on. Oh, yeah, I did see that Maddie That was, was on fun. There. And I love that because I know that she said it maybe on the last one that she wanted to add Maddie on. And I only knew that because I follow Maddie and I saw that when was she really mentioned fun. it. So I'm glad that she followed through and had her up there. Yeah. That what do they talk really- about? Um, uh, you know, Nikki being a bad bitch, the baddest bitch, that bitch. So they talked about Nikki. Yeah. I mean, well, Maddie did. Maddie stand a lot, which is fine. Like she said, I'm a fucking Nikki Minaj stand. Like I'm a bar bitch. I mean, so I'd be keeping be up with your ass. She mentioned that Nikki seemed super happy with her rapist fiance and all this. <sighs> she, of course, she didn't say that. Those are my words. But, yeah. you know, but I am a, I'm a fan of Maddie. And so Love it was her. just, it was entertaining for me to hear the two of them interact. I thought it was really cute. Or yeah, whatever. that was dope. Yeah, that was nice enough. But I again, I tune in for the ridiculousness and I get it every time. I think that it's cool to have this radio show, especially a celebrity of that level where you can play your own music and play other people's music. And she music frequently and like, <laughs> plays her own music. I mean, f- sure. She I mean, looped High Girl Summer about six times. I was like, this song is not this long, girl. I, I think it's... um predicted to enter the top 10 it's already number 10 oh is it yep okay cool so congratulations Megan and Nikki and yeah and Ty Dolla I guess you here too which yeah I didn't I mean I don't, I don't, I'm not crazy about it yeah I don't actually love Hot Girl Summer and that's weird for me because I generally like if I don't love I usually like most things but Hot Girl Summer just didn't do it for me I think it was really the production more than anything else yeah it's I definitely a lot more. the production and it just it's you can tell it's like a record that was done for whatever and yeah. Nikki and Megan connected and it was like oh uh, you know, I'll jump on this or whatever so yeah. like the hype around it is the fact that Nikki and Megan are uh, collaborating but 
the song and the production right. of the song itself doesn't really match the like well, moment. Really, right. And see, I don't really care about the fact that they're collaborating. Like that's great for Megan and honestly great for Nikki, but it is really equal. If we I, being would, honest. I would say the same. But you know, I'm leaving it alone. That's fine. But uh, as for me, I'll be looking forward to Fever coming out, whatever the Fever video, the Hype Williams thing is. But oh, it's still not out. It's still not out. And I know it's soon, she but I'm talking waiting. about Tina Snow, too. But she was just filming the Cash Shit video. So I, I anticipate that coming out within the next week. And I can't wait because Cash Shit is one of my favorites on Fever. I know. Th- I just... <sighs> <laughs> don't friend <laughs> I just wish and I guess I hope that she gets to a place where she can be a little less phased by mm-hmm. commentary from certain people because like I heard she was talking about Charlemagne oh yeah she said Charlemagne was one of the reasons that so you know she has these moments where she makes everybody kind of stroke her ego and back her up that's all Queen Radio is it's her busting a nut mostly yeah and I love it but um, <laughs> niggas was like, you know, it just seemed like for a minute. And Maddie brought it up, too. Like, it just seems like for a minute, everybody was on the Nikki hate train, blah, blah, blah. And this is this. And That's she was not like, a yeah. thing. And that's Charlemagne because Charlemagne had one of my exes on, which, of course, was Safari. And that was when Safari spilled all that tea about Nikki. She was like, I couldn't even really speak on it because I was in another relationship. But Safari was not going to control your narrative. We never took Girl, that nigga seriously. We did not care. When he was bringing you your hot wing orders we did not and care. pop locking in the back of your videos, no. we never took that nigga seriously. We don't take him seriously now. Right. The most positive shit that the internet had to say about Safari is when his dick leaked because that yes, was quite... it was beautiful. I don't have nothing negative to you say know, about it. You know, and niggas like his olive oil or whatever he but, sells. Oh my God, he really... Coconut oil. Coconut oil. Because you know he, he rubs himself down in it and he's got a great body. I mean, you had to know. And you know, we use Safari gifts, but we don't really... But yeah. nobody was like, yeah. oh my God. Nobody with sense anyway right. was like, oh my goodness, Safari has completely reshaped the way that I think about yeah, Nicki no. Minaj. Charlemagne is completely in, in charge of the no. way that I think about things. Like, ma, people gonna like you, people not gonna like you. Right. You already have a ridiculous amount of people <laughs> who will follow you into Hades. Yeah. You still chart. You still, like, people are still excited to hear verses yeah, from you. Regardless of what you talk about, yep. who you fucking, yep. what you post, whatever the fuck. Queen. So, like, this, this, like, journey to, like, control this narrative about you that doesn't really it. matter. Yeah. And to me, I'm just, it's exhausting. There's only so much I could take from it. And that yeah. is why I ignore Queen Radio. Ever since the Harriet it's Tubman <laughs> and Sojourner Truth and, and fucking Shirley Chisholm <laughs> and whoever the fuck else, I just be like, you know what's not for me? Queen Radio. I but I listen to your shit. records. I love that shit. I'm, no. Whatever I album is coming to Queen out. Radio than her, I mean, I'm you would rather listen that. to Queen Radio than her albums? Are we talking about Queen? I would rather listen to Queen Radio than Queen. Than a Nicki Minaj album, period. I would you, rather listen to Queen. Rephrase. Than- you would rather listen <laughs> to Queen Radio than a body of Nicki Minaj work. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I would. I would actually like to know how many of you out there agree with that. Because I'm flabber fucking gas. I'm about to look up her disco- discography just to make Pink sh- Friday. Pink right. Friday, Roman Reloaded. Hated that. Um, Then the Pink Prince. The Pink Print is the one. So Pink Print, 
I may listen to over Queen Radio. I did like Pink Print. The See, rest I think of Queen them, is better than the Pink Print. Oh, no, I do not share that view. Mm-mm. The Pink Print had like so many highs and so many lows. I mean, the lows on whereas the Pink Print were so like, low. Whereas I feel like the lows on Queen Radio aren't so low, are not as low to me as the Pink Print. Because the Pink Print has songs that I like hate, whereas the Qu- yeah. Queen has like songs I don't really care for. Okay. But that's just, again, my opinion. Yeah. I mean, no, Grand Piano is on Pink Print, and we frequently tout that as being one of the worst songs in the world but overall <laughs> it is my favorite body of Nikki's work and that's fair so, it's great right. songs and on so there. and so if if you made me choose between the pink print and queen radio I mean I don't know it's probably a 50-50 toss up just depending on the day I recognize that there's the the Queen Radio antics is definitely um, great for a lot of people. The Barb's, as I said, get a lot of fun out of it, and they're living for her, speaking up for herself, and defending herself, and talking about people. Like I, I think that she makes a lot of points. Like yeah. the shit that she said, I saw today about her talking about Rick Ross on some record that he said he mentioned her, which I didn't even know about. But he said something about I told Meek I wouldn't trust Nikki or something, something like that, and that was like 2017, apparently that that record was out so she's definitely been holding her tongue on some shit that she's been feeling for a while and that's cool my whole thing is like we'll see how much (laughs) this changes public opinion on Nicki Minaj I don't think Charlamagne really had anything (laughs) (laughs) it willn't like I really don't think I mean Charlemagne is a huge name out here yes he has a massive platform but I don't think people were deciding to hate Nicki Minaj because of Safari being on The Breakfast Club bruh honestly all my all the times that I had something critical to say about Nicki were because of Nicki's own direct actions the things that they said were said prior to that I don't care about Safari talking about you being a bitch and unreasonable and whatever girl I don't give a shit I don't care about you being a bitch we already had the conversation about the pickle juice girl we know we know and it's fine I don't care about that it's when you like when you like target harassment towards people because they disagreed with you or they don't like what you have to say or when you make fun this of black girl tragic that shit black girl tragic like what thing? are we doing girl, what are you doing Nicholas if that don't see it's just like girl that don't I'm not that is the bullshit okay making fun of black girls being picking people out and calling them ugly because they said they don't like your song or whatever it's just like sis all I know is honey, uh, I think that she is desperate for more people, I guess, to lay down and die for all that she's done. I don't know if she wants, like, a literal marble, like, statue to be erected in the middle of Queen somewhere that is just Nicki Minaj and that ass. I don't know what it's going to take, but it's like, at the end of the day, the motherfuckers that ride for you and that are fans for you, like... Especially the ones that call themselves Barb's and oh, all yeah. of their profile photos are niggas. you. Yeah. And they will literally like kill for you. <laughs> like you're yeah. super good. And you and have they brag enough about of them that you good. Like even if you were to be like blackballed or so like, I don't know, like whatever. Right. Shit. Mama, you've always got pride. Let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> if 20 years from now, like you ain't recording no new music or whatever, honey. You can exist solely going to Pride in the yes. club. You have a 
fan base that will be loyal to you and yes, will literally no curse motherfuckers what. out for you at Shady Pines. Do you understand that you will die good, bitch? Like, I don't understand what more she it's going to take. She doesn't. Honestly, I mean, I'm not trying to diagnose Nikki or nothing, but she seems like the type of person who hyper-focuses on the negative. Like because Which is easy. It's easy to do. Because we are human. Right. And she, she says that a lot. And she's like, you know, people can say whatever they want to to a celebrity, but when a celebrity says something back, it's bullying. It's not... And I mean, I'm sure people do accuse her of being a bully. I don't think Nikki's a bully. I think she's insecure and she lets that out when most celebrities do not. I agree. I think that's more of the issue there. Because when you get to a place where you are totally secure in yourself and who you are and your worth and what you're putting out there, then the voices of, you know, the overwhelming minority they have less and less importance to you. Like you know Nikki certainly right. receives way more love than she does hate. Like, girl, you make more and more money all the fucking time. Like, sis. You have a new verse out every the week. is right there in your, in your money. Like, I'm not sure success. what I'm missing. I'm, but. Listen, but, you know, and until she decides to get a therapist and work on that shit, I will be tuning in and loving Queen Radio. Nikki is a barb is a barb is a barb. You know, she's like, <laughs> <laughs> like. The Barb's and Nikki are one. It's They've true. got like this, this like pink rap Voltron thing going on. And so they love her cussing niggas out and yelling. She loves that they love it and it's going to continue. And I'm all good yeah. as long as the music sounds good. But I'm not about to sit up here and act like I give a fuck about her yelling at motherfuckers talking about some stuff that people have talked about forever any <laughs> goddamn way. Many of it is accurate. And the stuff that isn't accurate is so irrelevant to the bigger picture anyway that it really doesn't even need yeah it's not even that it doesn't need to be discussed because again i'm all for standing up for yourself i'm all for defending yourself and that stuff but it's there's a way like i don't know if there if you need like a petty person to come in and be like this is how we finna cuss this bitch out today bitch mm. with like tact because yeah. she's clearly freestyling this shit <laughs> Because I heard that Black China interview and I heard like there isn't much that like actual mess. planning as much as there is Nicki Minaj going into the studio that is lit up pink, being gorgeous, playing Nicki Minaj music and talking about how great Nicki Minaj is. And that's great, but it could be like fantastic or sensible, uh, you know, or non-existent. But until it, listen, don't mistake me tuning in for entertainment for me giving a damn. <laughs> I tune in because I know I'm going to be entertained and I'm going to have a jolly good time while it's like you're trying to, to fight the opinions of 13 year olds. Like, do you and know that a lot what? of these people are children? <laughs> and even if they're not, girl, they are literally insignificant and mean nothing to your life. If they are 30 something, 40 something in your mansions talking girl. about drugs you do and who you fucking whatnot, you really shouldn't give a oh, fuck about yeah. that goddamn opinion. Because what are you doing? Girl, you better go clock in somewhere and leave me alone. I don't know how she doesn't look I at just, it that way. I don't but... know. Like, my nigga. Huh, therapy is really everything else. Everything. I'll take what we can get. You know what I mean? I felt and I feel like I said before that she never should have given a fuck about the Cardi B shit anyway. You know that girl does not write her raps. You know that you've been working far Laughter. longer than you do. And I believe that you look at rapping as an artist rather than as a lick. I don't know why yeah. you can't like it, it don't matter no it's more. It's not that I don't know why you care. Cause I understand Carrie. I don't know why you are committing so much of your energy to like dumb shit. 
Cardi B, in my opinion, having a great time will likely sooner than later be like, I don't want to do this shit no more. And I made enough money. You know what I'm saying? And I'm good. I'm waiting for that day to come. And I'm not not a fan of Cardi B. I enjoy loads of Cardi B music and, and stuff like that. But I just feel like we are forgetting that there are loads of people out here who are looking at like this stuff with sense right with common sense at least Mm -hmm. and acknowledging what's going on i don't know what else is needed yeah well i'll tell you what's not yelling in my goddamn ear on apple music well i will be tuning in though nikki can't wait for the next episode of queen radio i just want you to know i'm not letting this negativity affect me at all girl i will be tuned the fuck in sis thank you so much well somebody's got to know what's going on with that bitch when we come in here Woo, hallelujah all right is that it yep that's it for whatever i called it hot tops this week and the big red bottom peewee's big adventurous bottom god damn you all right let's take a break we'll be right back hey y'all these days most of us are meeting new people online through the apps yes it's me i'm on the apps i've been trying out a lot of them lately and i have to say there's something about that hinge first of all hinge is the dating app that is designed to be deleted the whole point is that the girls want you to find somebody and then get off of it. And they have these great prompts, hinge prompts, to help you show off your full personality and connect with somebody who appreciates you. Now, we know Liga Bigga Tigga Month is coming up. Kifir and I are both on the Broken Wrist community. And Hinge's LGBTQIA plus prompts are designed to help queer daters specifically better connect based on similarities, interests, and compatibilities. These prompts were created in collaboration with GLAD, so they are by the people for the people, and they have quite a few of them. The first time I knew I was gay, or I feel proudest of who I am, or my chosen family is the best that. For me, um, you know, one of the Liga Bigga Tigga prompts that I chose to answer was the one about connecting to my community. I connect to my community by, first of all, doing this show. You're welcome. Um, but also through volunteer work, uh, through donations and by having a good time at Pride and making sure that no matter where I go, I show up as my full authentic self. And if you don't like it, you don't have to have me there. So that's just one of the ways that I like to use these hinge prompts to kind of give people an idea of who I am and what I'm about. So you already know before you message me, like I already see what type of time she on. If you're interested in meeting somebody new and getting rid of dating apps, then download Hinge today and show off your full self using their LGBTQIA plus prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. They're right there waiting on you on Hinge. So go download it today. Get started. Sometimes people wait until something bad happens to talk to a therapist, but... Guess what? You really don't have to wait. You can get a therapist right now through Talkspace and start working through some of the things that have been going on maybe in your past or just things that are holding you back now in your present. Therapy can help you shift your perspective, find tools to cope in difficult times and be a guiding light. But getting started is the most important part. Talkspace makes it easy and affordable. You can sign up online and get a personalized match with a provider that's right for you, typically within 48 hours. The best part is you can have virtual sessions with your licensed therapist from the comfort of your home. Talkspace can help with any specific challenges you might be facing. It is the number one online therapy platform with licensed therapists in over 40 specialties, including anxiety, depression, substance abuse, relationship issues, and much more. As a listener of The Read, you'll get $80 off your first month with Talkspace when you go to Talkspace.com read and enter promo code SPACE80. So to match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com read and enter promo code SPACE80 to get $80 off your first month and show your support for the show. 
Again, that's Talkspace.com slash read promo code SPACE80. Go take care of your mental health. And we're back to the show with a very special guest. That's right. You know, here on the podcast, we only bring on people we actually want to talk to. It's called the Stevie J Rule. Um, (laughs) And I am so honored and excited to have the incredible Bossy Ikpi here in the studio with us today. Give Bossy a round of applause. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Thank Um, you. So I first heard of you on Twitter. That's where I first, like, E met you or whatever right. and Same. your posts about mental health and um, your own struggles with your own mental illness were like huge for me because I don't think I had ever been exposed <laughs> to anybody being that open about struggling in that way before yeah um so for me i just want to say this before we get started you definitely paved the way for me as far as like oh. getting to a place where i can talk to anybody else about the shit that I'm going through, much less get on the show and like have a whole segment where I, you know, expose my uh, vulnerabilities to the mean ass internet. So I just want to say thank you so much because your bravery was life changing for me. Oh, that means so much to me. Well, I mean, you have done such huge things and you have this book coming out. (gasps) Tell the people what it's called. I love the title and uh, how you guys started with writing it and a bit about who you are, all that good stuff. Okay. Um, First of all, thank you for having me. Yeah. I love what you guys do. I love the fact that you guys bring uh, the mental health conversation to an audience that usually probably wouldn't seek it out on their own. I think that's very, very important. Right. Um, But yeah, so my book is called I'm Telling the Truth, But I'm Lying. It's a collection. It's it's a collection of essays, but I consider them nonfiction short stories because I was very careful about the way that I told um, the stories. I wanted people to understand what some of these words like depression and mania and anxiety um, we hear them all the time and people have a list of symptoms but people don't really understand what that means so what I wanted to do and what I did do um, I hope is that I told these stories about things that I've gone through in the way that depression um, and hypomania and anxiety shows up in my life but in a way that makes sure that the reader is in the middle of it and feels it too mm. um, is very important for me to 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 make it so that the reader isn't able to escape the thing because a lot of the problems that we have I think that we have when talking about mental illness is that people can distance themselves from it and they can say well I've never felt that I've never you know, I've never wanted to kill somebody. I've never wanted to do this or that. But it's like, well, you have felt as though all your friends are suddenly mad at you. You have felt mm. like you couldn't sleep and all these things and all these thoughts are running around in your head. So I wanted to pe- put people in the middle of those conversations. Like when someone says, I can't sleep, what is actually happening in your brain when that when when they say that? And um, and so that's what the book is. It's it's just a collection of of these stories about my personal life, but documenting this thing that so many of us experience. Yeah. And uh, I just feel like the impact goes so much further than what we even know, because so many people who are hearing about these conversations don't know or aren't ready to admit to themselves that they are even struggling with anything. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, there's there's a line from the book that really stuck with me. I think it was imagine if you don't fit in anywhere, not even in your head. Yeah. And I was like, well, goddamn, (laughs) why don't you just slap me across the face? Because. You know, that describes so much of my my struggles with mental illness was like 
before I could put a name to it, it felt like I'm frustrated all the time. Like even when I'm just sitting alone by myself, it's like I'm low-key annoyed, I'm irritated, I'm frustrated, and I do not know what's wrong with me. And I did not realize that that meant something was going on with my mental health. It was like, damn. So you really do take these experiences that feel more universal than people even know and put them into this book in a way that is just so beautiful and heartbreaking in the best ways and it is just so well done i appreciate that thank you yeah you're everything so (laughs) i thought what we would do today is um have like an extended crystal's couch basically interview with you where we go through the um inbox and talk about some of the questions relating to therapy and mental health and you know see if we can help these people again we are none of us are licensed practitioners this is simply you know our own experiences being reflected back to you you know hashtag disclaimer we're not doing you know yeah any crazy Ayala activities (laughs) right Right, yeah we're not we're not cradling any of you in our bosoms (laughs) but when you talk about therapy you have to let people know you have to be very clear this does not substitute your own relationship with a qualified mental health provider. Hopefully so. it'll inspire you to go seek something out, yes. but it doesn't replace it. Not yeah. at all. Ooh, girl, not Just at all. Just for clarity. Yeah. So our first question is about um, knowing when to move on, basically, from um, a situation that may have been toxic or unhealthy for you. So the first question that we have here is about therapy and um, how it may affect your friendships. This one comes from Tiana. She says, after being in therapy for several years, do you feel like it has affected your friendships with your friends who are not seeking or willing to grow? How do you manage conversations with topics that may be triggering or controversial around these people? Thanks. Love you, Tiana. Does it, do you feel like being in therapy has affected your relationships? Like the way you talk to other people, have you run into situations where people seem like they're not really willing or able to hear what you're saying? Like 100%. How, how, how does the, how does therapy and then journey in, you know, I'm saying bettering your mental yeah. health oh, affect definitely. the way you communicate with toxic people is the question. <laughs> like I'm trying to get, I mean, I don't even think necessarily they're toxic people. I think it's just people who, well, I get, are you inherently toxic if you're not willing to grow? Well, I, I have a, I have a problem with calling people toxic. I think mm-hmm. that, that, that situations are toxic. Um, that's fair. There's time and place that's toxic, but I think that everyone has the capacity. And this is, this is my Pollyanna, you know, over empathetic, you know, ass, but I feel like <laughs> everybody has the potential to be a better person no matter what, except for one particular person who I can, you know, fuck him forever. But <laughs> there are certain people I feel like I feel like everybody has the potential to be better. But I when it comes to therapy, especially when you're doing well and you're 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 emotionally well, it makes it very difficult for you to to speak to people who are determined not to be well. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, Whew. at the end of the day, you have to protect yourself. Right. If I want to be a better person and I know the things that are healthy for me and the choices <laughs> that I need to make to be healthy and the conversations that I need to have and the boundaries I need to set for myself in order to keep myself safe. Yes. Mm-hmm. If there are people who are doing their best to uh, disrupt that for whatever reason and they could have valid reasons for themselves, it's best to remove yourself from the situation. Right. It's best to say, I love you, 
I sound like Karamo, but I love you. <laughs> I want you to be well, but I choose myself over whatever's going on yeah. with you. I will be here when you're ready to do the work and to yeah. be and to and to at least respect the work that I've done. Because you no one has the right to 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 show up and disrupt the work that you've done on yourself. Mm. Nobody has the right to do that. So it's not I think a lot of people feel bad about like cutting people off. And I think that there's a way to do so kindly and the way to do that with as Absolutely. much love as possible, but knowing that you have to have more love for yourself and saying this is not okay for me. I've had to cut off people that I love dearly because they didn't understand who I was as a healthy person. They only knew me as someone who needed something, someone who was always potentially breaking or broken. And that's not healthy for me. I don't need the constant reminder that I wasn't okay at some period in the past, you mm -hmm. know? Right. So that choice is ultimately what's best for you and then what's best for you. And you know, when you're doing something that's good for you, as opposed to just being a fucking asshole, like, you know, and once right. you're, once you determine this is what's best for me, you have to, you have to push people away in order to continue being healthy. What do you think causes like the apprehension within people when it comes to, um, basically making that statement of I have to do what's best for me or I choose myself over what's going on here because I feel like we get so many letters from people who are in situations where that's exactly what they need to do but they are afraid to because of I guess this assumption or this feeling that either it's going to go it's not going to go well or they'll be perceived as like a bad person or a mean person for yeah saying that when like you just said you can do it kindly it yeah. doesn't have to be like fuck you you're the worst i hate everything about you yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah. get out of my life you can very kindly just be like i can't do this like this is outside these are this is outside of my boundaries i can't handle this but i can be available if and when you're ready to like do the work and meet me where i'm at yeah why do you think that so many people are afraid to have that conversation well i think it's it's a couple of things i think that number one We've always been taught that selfishness was inherently bad, which I don't yes. think we, we put this connotation on it that doesn't really exist. Right. Selfishness is a thing that exists. It is you, you take care of yourself before you take care of other people. That's what you're taught, you know, when it comes to like, you know, what plane wrecks or whatever, put your mask on first. But that's not something that 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 feels good to other people because mm -hmm. we've been taught that to think of yourself is, is there's something wrong with that. Right. Um, but on but on another point, I don't feel like it's necessary to tell people that. I think it's necessary to exist in that way. I don't have to tell you, I think you're toxic and you're terrible and you're making me feel bad. So I don't want, that's mean. That's not kindness. Right. But if I'm pulling back, like I, I, I have friendships where Every time they want to talk to me, they want to talk to me about something that we spoke about last time that they didn't do anything about the last right. time. Ooh. So now the conversation <laughs> doesn't get to take place anymore. Oh, girl, I got to talk to you. Okay, cool. What's that? The same thing we talked about last time. There's no response there because we've already had this conversation. And to, to, to protect myself and my sanity, I can't keep having that same conversation with you. Right. I will give you my, my therapist's phone number. Go off. We, you know, we can, we can figure out someone else you can talk to because clearly you don't want my help and you don't want to feel better about the situation. You want me to feel bad with you. Mm. And I'm making the decision not to do that. Right. Woo. But you don't, I don't have to tell you that. Yeah. You know what I mean? You'll figure it out. Oh, every time I bring up A, you know, she doesn't respond. Yes. Right. Stop bringing up A. <laughs> Fair well, enough. I mean, and as somebody who was a lifetime people pleaser until probably a year ago, 
it was like impossible for me to say something like that. It was impossible for me to draw any kind of boundaries at all. Yeah. If somebody needed me, then they just needed me. And that was that. Yeah. Like I just was not capable of being like, I can't hear whatever bullshit you're talking about. The exact same terrible story for the sixth time. Yeah. And and, and it also comes with what you were saying before. It also comes with this idea of not wanting to be forgotten because if somebody needs you and needs you to, to, to fix their problems or just to hear them out, if you choose not to do that, you kind of feel like maybe you're not going to be worthy to them anymore. And that's when it comes, that's when it comes into, okay, if you only need me when it's something that, 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 that takes a toll on me to help you with, then what kind of friendship is that? It's all about like reassessing all the relationships. And one of the, one of the best and worst things about getting mentally well or, or, or prioritizing your, 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 your mental health is that it does reveal to you who the people in your life really are. Mm-hmm. It does reveal to you because I, I know for a fact there are people that I just don't talk to anymore because they are much more comfortable with a broken version of me. Yeah. They're much Ooh, more comfortable with me shit. like not being okay. They're much more comfortable with being the one that's like, well, you know, poor her. Yeah. At least I. Yeah. And they do that. And once you recognize that, you don't want to be around that. Mm-hmm. I mean, no. when you know better, you do better. But when you know Thanks. better, you also see better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. And like, I need me. Like, the rest of you, all, y'all, might not ever need me, but I always will. Yeah, I am yeah. always going to need me. Yeah, like that idea of parenting yourself, and if you think about it as like parenting your inner child and making that a priority in your life. Yeah, because that person is you. And that person deserved all the love and consideration that you constantly pouring into every damn body else. Yeah. It makes it so much easier to to be like, you know what? I can't because like my inner child can't handle this shit right yeah. now. Like she has shit to do. So we got to go. And the, and the inner child that felt neglected when they weren't needed or weren't wanted in some way needs to learn yeah. that 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 you are just as worthy without being leaned on in that way. Yeah. You know, because I think that we have all of us have this 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 subtle sometimes subtle sometimes not um fear of being discovered as not necessary right so mm. discovering that 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 someone can live without you mm. and then putting yourself in these uncomfortable positions because you don't want to experience knowing that somebody else can live without you without knowing that you can live without that person too mm. and and doing what you need to to make sure you can take care of yourself in that way that's like a hammer on the head of so many nails like, that can be said about so many different kinds of people and i think that also like a lot of times when you we do the thing of constantly putting up with certain things or being there for certain types of of people and situations out of this desire to feel valued by this person or whatever mm-hmm. you'll realize after doing it 300 times and then taking a step back that they never really saw the value in you no, anyway. right. like you're saying they like having like this broken version of you or having this person that can be there for the broken version of them and feel bad together and like lift them up in the moments where they feel bad. And then when you step back, it's like, Oh, I haven't heard from you in like a solid year, two years. But then when you think about it, as soon as you make that decision to choose yourself, all of a sudden you were never there. Right. Oh, I can never count on you. Oh, you have never. Oh word. Okay. Never. 
Cool. Mm, okay. Because they don't remember the last time you were there. They only remember the next time they need you to be there. And that can affect us so heavily. So it's like there, there's a lot of training to be done in being able to like take some shit like that and still pick up your pocketbook and punch. You know what yeah, I'm saying? And yeah, still yeah. be like, I'm not even, I like, I know what this is that you're spewing at me right now. And it's not even going to penetrate. Yeah, like, yeah. I get it. Wish you well, you know what I'm saying? Once again, I'm here when you're willing to do better or whatever. Yeah. But I'm not even going to let that negativity, because I think also, like, when you're doing good and feeling good and people around you aren't, they will, like, try to right. to make you not feel well also. Right, yeah. The more that you seem to be doing really well, yeah. people will try to bring you down. And it's very easy to do that as well. Yeah. If people know you and, like, know bush- buttons to push and yeah. stuff. So exactly. we got to be able to train, like, do well for ourselves also but also be like unaffected by people yeah. who may say things or treat us a certain way in the midst of their own you know yeah. issues yeah that's 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 actually one of the worst things about social media um no matter how good you're feeling there there, there are people who want you to feel bad mm-hmm. about feeling good you know and that's that's just dangerous and i think that Yikes. it's such a concentrated place for that but once you once you're able to like figure it out online you can figure it out in your real life too you can see the, the the more subtle ways people people take that same approach to you. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's real. I don't really struggle with the whole like my my people pleasing and codependency wasn't really rooted in like a fear of not being needed anymore. Cause you know I'm a Virgo, we're always needed. Right. <laughs> but it was more like I was worried that the affection or the love or the like for me would be taken away yeah. if I didn't pour everything into you. Yeah. And I know that's because I grew up in an environment where affection was withheld if I did something that was considered to be bad or not good enough. Yeah. So I like I know where that comes from now, but it manifests itself in your adult relationships like in so much of the same way. It really blows your mind when you look at it like, damn, I'd be picking the same sorry ass niggas over yes. and over because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Like it just all falls into place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it, 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 it's so, it makes so much sense after you find it out, right? You know what I mean. Once you know, it's like, oh fuck, how did I not see that before? Yeah, because it becomes very much. It becomes very. It becomes very clear. But it it it's it's difficult. And I and I, I grew up in the same kind of way where you think that your worth is based on the things that you've done. Yeah, the as, and, and it's, right. The good grades. The I was telling someone earlier that. I was depressed for so long and no one knew because I was a big reader. So I would sit there and read and cry. Leave me alone. Read. <laughs> Just leave me alone. <laughs> but like when you're when you're when you're a smart black kid, people are like, "Oh, she's reading, leave her alone." Mm-hmm. As opposed sure. to like she's hasn't left that bedroom for days, it's but okay she's though, reading, so she's it's okay. Yeah. Right. yeah. And we just completely get lost in that. Yeah, you can isolate yourself as long as you're still smart and grades yeah. don't drop and you don't act. You oh yeah, yeah. you can have all kinds of. It wasn't until my grades dropped that people were like, "Wait, what's well, something, something's wrong with what's her?" Wrong with yes, her? me yeah. too. Exactly, exact same. And then Literally they were like, the "Okay, something. What is going on?" Because my dr- grades were always like dancing all over the place, though. <laughs> and I know that it is because. I lived my whole life depressed because every single teacher told my parents, and this actually frustrated them more than I think making them wonder, okay, well, like what's going on? All of the teachers told my parents, he is so smart. He's so, so intelligent. It blows my mind. He just doesn't do any work. Yeah. And I would be like, I don't want to. 
you know, and it's because I've always felt very inadequate. I felt, you know, weird and different and just like unworthy of yeah. being, yeah, you know, like out and about. I just wanted to be in the dark in my own little place for like, I'm talking about yeah. K through 12 college, yeah. all of the yeah. above. Yeah. So my parents used to always be going off and say, like, I'd still be at home reading books and doing whatever and drawing and doing all, whatever the fuck. Yeah. But when it came to school work like at school it was a different time because of the environment i was in it made me feel like yeah yeah i was just lost and i didn't really discover that it was like a thing thing until a couple years ago yeah yeah therapy has uncovered so much listen i i I wish that i wish that actual licensed therapists were available to kids especially the ones that would get in trouble the ones that wouldn't do the work because when you think about it kids don't want to be bad they don't want to be in trouble right. so if a child is not doing the work and you know they're smart what else is there like, <laughs> right. why aren't we why aren't we trying to find the other thing like you can write it on my report card all day but like why aren't we trying to find alternatives no. and trying to find out we what... would rather beat you yeah and maybe that'll teach you to not be such a fuck up yeah it, it's it's it, Woo. so it's much i mean <laughs> so like much. i always pop into defense mode at this era because i understand you know what I mean? Yeah. Being from a different time, a different country, raising kids where, yeah. you know, basically, when you're thinking about Jamaicans born in the 50s and 60s and like the upbringing that they had to have, having literally nothing, <laughs> right. living in the sticks, mm-hmm. coming out here, knowing what time it is being black, right. having the complexion, the skin color that you have and stuff. Oh, there's no time yeah, for no. any of that. We oh, absolutely. But you just don't want to do it. <laughs> like, yeah. We don't care about that. We don't have time. So there wasn't really much time or, or there wasn't much time for rapping, understanding or around oh well there is nothing else it was like you're just not doing it yeah because i gotta go to work and i don't want to i came to this country and i didn't want to you know what i mean like my nigerian my parents i heard my and that's it was another thing that kind of fueled my depression because like oh my god my parents literally sacrificed everything and Mm -hmm. i still can't just be happy and it's it's difficult and and i and i and i appreciate the generations that come afterwards because i think that the generations are going to be much more prepared. I know for like, I have a, I have a, oh God, how old is he? I have a 12 year old son and I watch him like a hawk and I've already started to see things that I saw that I recognized for myself when I was, when I was his age and I'm able to jump on. It's like, let's go talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out why this is. Cause I know that you, you don't just not want to do this thing. Cool. But let's find out why you don't want to do it. As opposed to just kind of like letting you get to like 27 and having a full breakdown. And then I'm like, oh, let's do something about it now. Yeah. Because then you like exist in this household like I did where it's like you can see the frustration. Yes. And like the disappointment on your parents' faces and stuff like that. And they just don't get it. But it's like, I don't get it either. Like, I don't want to disappoint you. I don't want to be getting bad grades. I don't want to like have any of this going on. I'd love to be the perfect picture of whatever a child is supposed to be for yeah. you yeah. so this isn't like a choice that i make it yeah. but nobody really had the i think the understanding or the preparation to be like maybe we have to go in this direction and look at it yeah. i definitely my mother did take me to a a, a therapist when i was about 16 because it was ugly in yeah. school at that point like i wasn't doing shit i was skipping classes and doing all kinds of stuff like yeah, i would have been skipping school altogether if i knew that i wasn't gonna have death waiting for me at home <laughs> 
So like I tried to be sneaky, but eventually when it like hit the fan, yeah. I was like, I need to talk to somebody because like I want to kill myself. Yeah. And so what now? Right. So my mother went and took me to this white man. I saw him twice and he said, I think your son might be dyslexic. I think that he may be ADD. Um, and he may have this form of depression, which I don't even think was accurate. But while all my mama heard was dyslexic, and she was like, that's it. We're done. We're not going wow. back. Time for some prayer. Oh, maybe a little Robitussin. And everything's all good. And I'm 16, and this nigga told me that I was dyslexic. I was like, what the fuck him? You're right, mama. Like, yeah. ADD my ass. Like, that's oh. right. Let's pray. Yeah. <laughs> like, Let's now pray. I'm 32, and I'm yeah. like... Nigga, I'm ADD as fuck. Listen, I'm on every report card, every semester, every quarter, I got these great grades. And then in the comments, she will not shut up. Yeah. All she does is fucking talk. And one year, I think it was fifth grade, one of the teachers told my mama, y'all should really get that girl tested for ADD. And my mama was like, my child makes straight A's. I'm not trying to hear that. Like, <laughs> right. bitch, Like they up. have anything to do with Right. Other. Yeah. But now as an adult, I'm like, bitch, do you know how ADD I am? I'm like, dying it's so bad for me that weed everybody's like oh when i'm on weed when i smoke weed i'm lazy and all i do is eat and veg out i'm like bitch weed gets my mind together like when i am high i'm focused yeah and i can get things done multiple things at one time and like be productive in my day not all the time but most of the time yeah. and so it's just like you know had had Ritalin been available to me in Sorry. the mid nineties, a lot of things may have been different. When I think about all the ways my life would be different, had somebody just noticed at some point Girl. that I wasn't okay. I mean, I you know, I'm glad to be where I am, whatever. But <laughs> when I go back and think about all of the things I could have accomplished had somebody at one point just said, Hey, we think that perhaps maybe something else going on here. I would have finished college. I would have I would have done a lot of Girl. things. I mean, you know, I'm happy to be where I am because I, yeah. I I literally walked out of a class um, and said, I'm going to New York for the weekend. And then I never left <laughs> because I just couldn't I couldn't take it anymore. So I'm, I'm happy to, you know, that I that some of the recklessness that wasn't, you know, medicated out led me to the life that I have now. But right. at the same time, some of that recklessness was reckless. Right. And it was just by sheer luck that I'm still alive. Girl, yeah. I did say some that crazy shit. ass yeah. shit. Say crazy that could shit. have easily been me. Yeah. Like, uh, it's too many situations I can look back on and say, God damn. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's like, on the one hand, I do understand that my parents and family and the people around us, you know, they came from a certain time. It was Oklahoma. Yeah. You know, they're born in the 50s and 60s and all that. My grandparents, of course, even older and countryer. So, yeah. you know, more strict and stringent in a lot of ways. Like, I was not allowed to go outside and play with the boys if there was not another girl there to play with me. God, same. Like... And what the fuck is that? I, it was. The, I remember getting <laughs> in trouble. I remember getting in trouble because some neighborhood kids had wanted to do a a lemonade stand. And I was like, sure, let's do it. And I was in trouble because I was the only girl. And I was like, how is that my fault? <laughs> what am I supposed? <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do? My mom was go? dead serious. Like, yeah, I would. My cousins would go, you know, play basketball or whatever. Cousins older and younger than me, and mommy mom would make me stay at home with her. And read a book, yeah, because it wasn't gonna be nothing but boys there. And I'm like, I don't understand. Yeah, and like, girl, there are gonna be so many things, you know, uh, um, 
God willing, I don't have no kids. But like, <laughs> if I did have a family of my own, there are probably going to be so many things that raising a child I'm going to be unprepared for right. because it's just a different time. I don't know what half of these teenagers are doing no. talking about now. Yeah. And I'm not that far removed. That you know what I mean? Like Cameo <laughs> and whatever these new girls are. Yeah. I don't get it. You know what I'm saying? At all. But <laughs> at the same time, I'm just like, you know what? I understand the timing that it was. And I know that like a lot lot of people before us and they constantly told us how much easier we had it and, yeah, and things like that because of the did. time and the place that they they lived and I think that that's definitely what shaped a lot of the decisions that they make when it comes to raising kids child rearing and the like whatnot but I think that that's why it is important to have conversations like this yeah. in this generation with this skin color and shit like that because yeah. it's like Nobody's perfect. Nobody makes all of the right decisions, right. but there just has to be more awareness of these types of things yeah. so that we can have an open discussion of it and break some cycles. Because yes. it's like, Absolutely. I'm not about to like take every little thing that my mama and daddy did and said whatever to the grave with me and like all like. I'm completely fine with that. I just want for more people to share these stories and like the similarities in them and realize that like we can do better in so many ways as parents, siblings, uh, children, nieces, nephews, cousins, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. That's real. I I think one of the reasons that it was really important for me to write this book the way that I wrote it is because there was no getting away from what the point was. And I think so many of us, especially as black people, we think that in order for people to care about our stories, we have to tie it into other things. Right. So it can't just be your story about your life growing up. It can't be just your story about your life growing up. It has to be tied into something sociopolitical so that white people care, too. And if mm-hmm. white people care, yeah. then, you know, like it, it can't just be a story about our lives. Yeah. And I think that. One of the reasons that it's so difficult for us to have these conversations because we don't make it personal. We don't talk about the really gross and ugly um, and uncomfortable parts of it. Um, one of the things I was just on, I was on Twitter a couple of weeks ago because I had like I have serious dental problems. I'm always trying to get my teeth fixed because there were large stretches of time when I didn't brush my teeth because I didn't want to shower because I didn't want to get out of bed because I wanted to die. So if I want to die, what am I brushing my teeth for? You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like it's stuff like that where I'm like saying in, you know, in the work, like this is the ugly part. This, these are the things that are not cute. These are the things that are not, you know, you know, adorable and like, oh, so quirky. Like these are ugly bits of it. And I want people to be able to to admit to the ugly bits so that they can get past them. Right. Yeah. Like somebody has to because it's like you're not the only person who I right. who would have a story was like, look, I wouldn't even take care of myself hygienically yeah. or whatever because I just did not give a fuck about my life. Did not but care. people don't want to like reveal those really ugly, ashy moments yeah. that we've gone through yeah. out of fear of whatever. Like Judgment. when I came out of here and I started talking about being depressed and taking meds and seeing a psychiatrist, I want to let you know if you didn't already that I didn't give a fuck what man one of y'all had to think about yep. it. <laughs> Because yeah. I'm the only right. one walking in these feet. Exactly. 100%. And when people try to like, oh, well, you should be happy because you've got A, B, C, and D. Well, I'm not. Therefore, there's a problem. <laughs> so what do you there's want to do about it? There's a serious problem if I'm not happy about the shit that you're telling me I should be happy Right. About. So let's talk about that. <laughs> like, you literally don't live this life. You're not in this body. You're not in this head. You just do not know my life. Right. And, and for the record, like, I didn't really get many if and i can't think of any like negative comments that i've ever gotten about sharing my uh you know life and dealing with mental health or whatever but 
I saw so many people say same. Me too. Yeah, 100%. I'm like nobody really was was talking about this like in my circle or I never really heard anybody my age discussing this or black people or whatever, whatever. And I don't think that I ever really did it for that purpose, but more so just to like release it for myself and yeah. say it out loud. So I was like, oh, look, you know, I didn't even have to worry about nobody thinking anything about it if I had because so many people are like, oh my God, thank you for saying this because also, 100%, yeah. so I'm just glad more people are like saying, look, I'm going to therapy or I'm taking meds or I'm depressed with such and such. Right. And I don't care how you feel about it. Yeah. Cause I got to care how I feel about it. At the end of the day, Amen. you're the only person <laughs> who has to, who has to deal with you. And then what? Do we have another? Like, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I love how that one email turned into like an oh, overall umbrella <laughs> of everything. I mean, we did cover a lot. <laughs> Let me see if I can. Okay. Here is one that switches gears a little bit from Roxy. She says, I just had my third therapy session with my therapist. She's an older white lady who accepts my insurance and lives within walking distance of my house. And so far, race has not been an issue. But I've found myself often saying it makes me feel guilty to think about this. This, but and I felt like my therapist has responded well when I say such things, but I would like to know why I feel so guilty. Is this something that my therapist should automatically catch and help me discover? I've never been to therapy before, so I'm not sure if she should be helping me uncover these things or if she should simply be helping bring these things to my attention. Should this be a red flag? Do I need to find another therapist? Love you lots, Roxy. Well, I'm not sure what Roxy feels guilty about. Yeah. So I think that that's why I'm not. Well, because she says the phrase all the time. She frequently uses the phrase, it makes me feel guilty to think. But and so she says this so much in therapy. And now she's thinking, I would like to know why it is I feel so guilty about whatever these things are. What does that have to do with her race, though? Yeah. Well, Well, I think she's just pointing out that. How many times has she been to the therapist? This is her third third session. Oh, calm down. <laughs> no, 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 calm down. She, it's, it sounds like that's why I wanted to know because it sounds like, oh well, she's not saying this. I should find another therapist. That's just you trying to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Like you, it's only the third time you've been there. Yeah. Like I t- when people say, well, I want to find a therapist, but I don't go because I'm looking for a five foot three black woman who once grew up in Pittsburgh, and then at the age of yeah. like they want all these things. I'm like no, you got to find one thing. Mm-hmm. keep going you can you can shop around for other ones but yeah. once you go you have to stick with it you have to make that commitment so if this is the third session and your and your therapist has not yet picked up on why you say i feel guilty she probably doesn't know you well enough yet right so later on she'll go back to it if she's worth you know her oh, yeah her, mine drags her, me all the time you listen <laughs> but she gets yeah she has to get to know you she can't start dragging you <laughs> right. session three because then you won't come back like exactly you know like and, and and if you feel like you're saying that you feel guilty it's your job to bring it up to her i feel like i say this all right. the time and then she'll ask you yes. when does this come up why do you feel that it's a problem and then you like she's she's not a magician right i was like, gonna say that too her job is to listen to get what you give her and then work with that as they get to know you. But I ask my therapist flat out questions, like (laughs) flat out questions. Sometimes she, you know, a lot of times she, um, enlightens me on things I would have never even thought to discuss or ask. But a lot of times I'm like, okay, so my question of the week or here's what I want to know blank. Yeah. And she can help me figure out that. But like you just, you know, basically explain that perfectly. If it's the third session, like she's still getting to know you. I was probably a little over a year 
in um, with my uh, therapist, psychiatrist, yeah. who was like, before, not before, I mean, I feel like I definitely learned a lot, but I think that we really got into the groove of one another and started to yeah. sort of like be able to just pick up on certain things without having to wonder yeah. about a year. Because you're still getting to know somebody, yeah. getting to know you. And like I told first of all, two things. First therapist that I had was a black woman because I did want to have a black woman as my psychiatrist first, like I said. And I feel like I've mentioned it on the show, but I saw her twice before I went to who I'm seeing now because I felt like she, I felt dissected and like studied more Mm -hmm. with her than like empathy. Mm -hmm. And mind you, again, I was going to see a psychiatrist because my grandmother had just died and I just didn't know what to do with life. Like everything that I was dealing with uh, mentally, emotionally, that was negative. Like all my life was on twenty, so yeah. I needed someone to be like, "We're gonna get you through this, girl." Yeah. We're, and I just, she wasn't bad, but I just didn't really feel comfortable there. Right. Mind you, so I went and saw someone else. I'm just saying, like, I get why you would might want to have like a specific type of person helping you, but you gotta, you know, when you need that help, you gotta get the help. She takes your insurance, and she lives within walking distance of your house. Yeah. So th- for those two reasons alone, I'm like, I would stick with. But the other thing, like I said, I went to a therapist when I was 16 twice and he was like, oh, your your baby got dyslexia and ADD or whatever. Never saw him (laughs) again. And besides the fact that my mama was upset, I was offended myself. (laughs) I said, this man don't know me. You know, so like, I agree. Give the lady a chance. Yeah, I was very fortunate that with my my therapist here in New York, I clicked with her immediately. And I think it's, I think, She definitely did have to learn me. Like, we've been seeing each other for well over a year now. And so she has helped me through, like, the immediate trauma I was going through. And then she's helped me unpack all this other bullshit that I did not know was an issue in my life. So at this point, we're like this, you know? Yeah. (laughs) It's like, that bitch knows me better than a lot. Now she can say, because you know, you'd be like... (laughs) One time she said to me, you know, blame and fault finding aren't pastimes. And I was like... (laughs) <laughs> like you I was stuck. Like, I <laughs> wish I had a leg to stand on the cushy vibe. Yeah, but I, I, I wanted to be like, bitch. <laughs> you don't know my fucking life, but she actually, literally does, and she knows that blame and fault finding are indeed my pastimes and that I am my number one target for both of those things. I'm constantly looking for reasons to blame myself or find things that are wrong with me so that I can continue to punish myself for not being a good enough whatever. Yes. So when she said that, I was literally stuck for like a a solid, like could not speak. I don't even think I blinked. It was just like, I've never heard this sentiment before. Yeah. And you might have just fucked my whole world up. Like, you challenged me as a person. Yeah. Yeah. And and she's she's probably still trying to get to know you too because like yeah. I know if I walked into a, a therapy session and I said something for the first time and the, and the, and the, the therapist was like well first of all you need to stop right. bitch I don't know you we just <laughs> met like right. you can't come at me Calm like yourself. that so she gets she needs to get to know who how to how to respond to you and communicate with you before you can and if you need the help and clearly if 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 her being um within walking distance is something that you note it means you have trouble getting out of bed and getting to the thing yeah. so that being that her being that close is important and it's something that you need to to keep in consideration while you get to like the step where you think you can go out and and and, and find somebody who will help you who's further out 
Right. Yeah. And like you said, like, if you really want an answer for why you feel guilty about certain things, I don't think there's anything wrong in your next session of pointing out, like, I want to know why I feel like this right. constantly. I'm sure she's not going to be like, oh, it's not the time for that. You know, she's not going <laughs> right. to be like, right. maybe some other time. But to just like in three sessions in three weeks or however yeah. often to be like, well, she's not answering this question. I don't really know. It's too early. Right. It's too early. I, th- I think one of the problems that people have, especially when people say that they go to therapy, like you were saying when you were 16, um, and they're like, well, it didn't work for me. The question is also, okay, well, how many times did you go? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or did you want it to did work you for you? Did you want to go? Did you want to go? Because the people are like, well, impress me. Like, tell yeah. me all right. the things. Fix Do it. Do some magic. Right. Come on, wrong go with me. to therapy, like, waiting for the moment where they was like, I knew this was some mm-hmm. bullshit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, I'm not coming they back. They want to not yeah. believe yeah. in it. But, like, if you're not going because you want to improve your own self, if you're not going because you want to figure out why you're always so goddamn miserable. Yeah. Like, you have to want to do the work, and it is real hard work. Absolutely. Yeah. And you have to be willing to 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 um acknowledge the the inches of movement. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it is inches those. a lot of yeah. the time, but they add up and they turn into miles. Yeah. yeah. But Absolutely. They you really feel like sometimes you are making zero progress. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but you give yourself time, you know, because even now I still feel like what is wrong with you? Like, Same. when are you going to, you really back to this old shit? Like I do this <laughs> yeah, constantly. Yeah. But when I look back to before I was getting this help and like really doing the work on myself and the way that I, the ways that I think differently, it's a, like a huge difference. Yeah. I'm so much more like trained now to deal with uh, those issues and those moments Better than I was right. before yeah. thinking. And again, having had gone to therapist to a therapist before since 16 up until three years ago, however long it's been, I wasn't even thinking about therapy ever again. Like right. I just wrote it off until that moment where I was like, if I don't do something right now, I am going to die. Yeah. So yeah. there's not like any capacity for me to not do that work. Right. But bitch, like I'm so different and i still give myself a hard time but it's like that however long it made a huge difference in the way that i i think about treating myself and and one of the best feelings in the world is when you are for me at least when you're at therapy and you think you're about to start on the same old bullshit and then somewhere in the middle of it uh -uh. you start to solve it yeah and Mm -hmm. like and your therapist just looking at you like Hmm. Like waiting for you to get I've there, totally and then you that. get there, and yeah. it's like, oh shit! Like, right. guess the puzzle, bitch. Yeah, because you're yeah. figuring it out, right. and, and I'll be like, wait a minute. Or when I've I go totally in, done this. when I think one thing is the real issue, but we get it wrapped up in ten minutes, and then she got me on some whole nother shit that I didn't even, yeah, like, yeah, had no yep. clue was at all. And I'm like, wait a fucking second. Yeah, I thought we was gonna be spending a good three weeks on this. I like, have started sessions you. with like, so this is the problem, and I talk for a straight five minutes, ending the five minutes yeah. solving it yeah. like that. So right. yeah. and then it's like, okay, so here's what the problem is. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> so right. yeah, like you just right. sort of don't even realize like the improvements. And so it's totally important yeah. to give yourself a break and acknowledge the inches. And you have to want to be there. You have to just like, even if you don't want to be there, you have to fake it. At least just like, fuck it, I don't want to be here, but I'm here, so let me just try. And you'll be so shocked because yeah. if you go in there not not expecting anything, not participating in any way, yeah. then there's nothing, you're not going to get any help. You yeah. have to want that help and you have to figure out 
later on what that help looks like for you but you have to be able you have to be present enough to, yeah. to present it you yeah. have to put yourself in the room yeah kids don't want shots they don't want vaccinations right but you take their ass to go get it anyway and you hold their hand while it yeah. hurts because it's gonna hurt but it's necessary and like therapy is very much the same yeah and if you if you have an issue where it's like you know you're at home after therapy and you're thinking why do I feel guilty about so many things it's fine to go back to therapy and ask her that yeah be like I've noticed that I say this a lot why do you think I might be feeling guilty about something? And then you might uncover some shit that happened when you were six. You totally forgot. Yep. Didn't think it was an issue or what the fuck ever. And you like go back to the source of whatever this pain is and you end up uncovering all kind of shit. Yeah. So my I would bring that up. My therapist and I have had sagas. Like we've oh, yeah. had like oh, yeah. three weeks straight where we're on the same thing and she oh, yeah. gives me homework and I come back and, you know, we talk about it again and things like that. Like, yeah. so sometimes it's not always going to be a session with your therapist where you sit down and you solve yeah. like this issue or this right. question you've had your whole life or whatever it's like oh yeah girl this is why you do that yeah. like no nah, like, yeah. if it was just, that simple you would have figured it out at some point yourself absolutely yeah we spent a good six months on my ex but probably you know one month of that was actually about my ex and the rest of it was about why do I keep making yep. these decisions yeah. why do I keep not choosing myself yeah. why do I keep putting other people's needs because the ex because is like a speck yeah. in like the larger yeah. picture of how it's like I mean felt. yes my experience with you was beyond shitty I'll never forget how awful it was but you were just one of many issues yeah. throughout my life. It just manifested in this yeah. huge way, but it shows up in many yes, small increments. Exactly. One of the things I about three years ago was was my last and like the worst depressive episode I ever had. Like mm-hmm. I was done. Like I was a hundred percent. Like thank you so much. I appreciate you. I'm, I'm not done. doing this anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. done because you get tired of that cycle. You feel better, and then you know that eventually, at some point, you're not going to feel great again. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was just done with it. But one of the things that I discovered um, with my therapist during these last three years was that I use relationships as emotional cutting. I need to feel terrible. Yep. I need to feel excited about something. I'm going to put it all on this one person so that mm-hmm. when they eventually, because clearly they're going to not hold, they're not going to live up to all the stuff that I put on right. them. And so that when they do, I'm ready to fall and like just be so depressed and broken and oh my God, it's so terrible and everything's horrible and I can't do anything right. But I did that on purpose. I set yep. all that in motion. Woo. doesn't take away from who that person was because they were clearly not the right choice and they're right. clearly not the person I should have been with. And it's not even about them. But I chose them for a reason yeah. and the reason was that I could I could slide myself up against them and like cut myself with with the stuff that they offered and and when I realized Yikes. that I was like oh I'm not good at relationships I gotta figure out why that is later because I'm not trying to be in a relationship right now right. but I know that that's something that I gotta put up there on that list of things to talk about in the future that's right. real well we have taken so much of your time I cannot believe it's already been 45 minutes Feels like I've been talking for 10. I know, right? <laughs> do you have time to do one more or do you have yeah, to get out Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all yeah, yours. Yeah, let's do one more. You I'm all yours. Do let's do I've one more. I've got liquor. This oh, one I is about, and it's interesting. No, they don't care. They no, they, don't, they know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we would, we'd be drinking. So, but um, it's interesting that you ended on a relationship note because this question is about dating. It comes from Cam who says, um, since you all have been very open in regards to dealing with your mental health and the struggles that you've had, what precautions do you take with dating and suffering with forms of mental illness? How soon are you open about it with the person you're getting to know? Do you think there should be a level of understanding or patience that the other person should have with you? Um, 
And then she gets into some of her own stuff. But yeah. So yeah. Let's I don't just, think let's that... just end it. Yeah. With like in regards to the dating and relationship scene, how do you approach it? Do you tell your potentials that you're dealing with an illness, that you're on meds, that you're in therapy? Uh-huh. And when do you disclose that and why? I mean, I I was just gonna say, like I said earlier, like I don't really care how you take it to me like if i'm open with you like that and like it's a problem for you or you fall back great you know what i mean i'd rather you fall back because you don't know how to handle it or whatever than for you to stick around and possibly make me feel a way or bad or attempt to yeah because of me going through whatever the motions are so i don't really have a problem i'm not going to tell you like immediately oh yeah girl i'm on meds or whatever but i don't have a problem discussing my depression especially because it often comes out at some point early on anyway, through communication or lack thereof, I should say, where it's like, oh, where have you been? Or what are you doing? You know, at home feeling like shit. (laughs) So, (laughs) didn't call you. So sorry. You'll be all right. Yeah, you'll be okay. Yeah. Um, I I think it's, I mean, I'm not, I'm not on fury and crystal level, but I think that we're, no, no, but I'm just, I'm saying that. What's happening? No, no, no. What I'm saying Mm -hmm. is that we don't have the luxury of hiding it because we can, people know because we're open about the shit that we talk about and the things Mm -hmm. that we go through. So we don't have the luxury of hiding it. But I've, I've learned that I've learned a couple of things. One, that it's not anybody else's responsibility to deal with my mental health. Right. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish that you were more sensitive to that. But if you can't be, because it is a difficult thing to ask of someone, I have to be okay with with with, with someone not wanting to be in my life because yeah. of that. Um, because I also know that um, I've also lived long enough to know that people even when they're well-intentioned can tell it wrong, can say it wrong. Like they can say things like, Oh, are you off your meds? And they mean it in the best way possible, but it doesn't hit the, it doesn't hit well. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't feel right when somebody says that to you. Right. So it's one thing for people to be empathetic and to understand another thing for them to actually deal with it and deal with what that actually means. So when I say to you, um, because of my depression, X, Y, and Z because of my anxiety. I think anxiety is the one that like really kind of takes on a life of its own because you're, you're, you're paranoid and you're thinking, you know, this person didn't text me back in two and a half minutes. Therefore they must've heard something and now they hate me and all that, all that different kind of thing. But like, it's not their responsibility to deal with that. It's their responsibility if they want to take it to understand it and say, I get it. I want to understand it more, but this is difficult for me. And if we can have that conversation, that's great. But no one's required to have that conversation. Right. Yeah. And 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 I personally have made the decision not to not to be in any relationship like substances until I am able <laughs> <laughs> until I until I know that I am firm in 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 Smart. what it is that I'm so doing. So I'm totally using relationship like substances. <laughs> Woo. Like absolutely using it defines that. But so yeah, much. Totally means a lot. Yeah, it, yeah. Huh, I think the biggest way therapy has affected me as far as dating is like I am now able to have boundaries yes. around situations which yeah. I was never able to do before. Yeah. So I really haven't had to have too much of like the therapy talk again because we're, I'm pretty open about mental health and yeah. how I think therapy is literally the best thing ever and being on antidepressants which. 
Honestly, it's getting harder to meet people who aren't on anti. Yeah, and you want me. You want me on medication. Trust like, you want me. this. You want you this. You want me on that. Yeah. Bupropion yes. every morning. Well, okay, you, you need that. <laughs> so, yeah, for me, it's been more like um, being able to draw boundaries where I need to, being able to. Being able to draw boundaries led to me being able to be radically honest and not try to like sugarcoat things yeah. or say them in a certain way to where I don't hurt your feelings. Like my thing was always, oh, I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. Yeah. Like how many times I thought about breaking up with my ex every 10 days, but I don't want to hurt his feelings. I don't want him to think X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm not doing it. Like yeah. all of that is gone. That's, yeah. that's, yeah. she's done. That's yeah. over. And it's made it easier for me not to be mean or cruel, but to say straight up, this is what I'm looking for. And if you're not with it, then we don't need to talk no more. And I'm good with it either way. So it's really up to you. And this is genuinely how I feel. Yeah. So I'm like not selling myself short anymore. I'm not lying to myself. And and I think it's really important for us to 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 acknowledge and disabuse ourselves with this of this idea that taking care of yourself means that you are punishing somebody else. Yes. And and when it comes to like boundary drawing, one thing that I've learned over the last couple of years is that um is that the way that boundaries look it's different than what I thought it looked like. Yeah. It might be, <laughs> I can't call you at noon because noon is just a bad time for me to talk mm-hmm. or I have to get off the phone because of this or I don't want to come to this thing. I don't want to text you back. If I, if you don't hear from me um, at this time, it's not because of anything or I'm not thinking that you're not returning my calls or it's, it's just about being very secure about who you are and where you are and what it is that you need to be a useful and healthy person. And once you put that first and you know when you're being an asshole, you know yeah, when you're right. being selfish, oh, yeah. you know when you're when you're just being a dick about how you are choosing, you know, your boundaries, you know. Mm-hmm. So when you're doing it in a way that is is best for you and healthy for you, it's ultimately best and healthy for the other person. Absolutely. Ultimately. And I found that like being in the position where you you think and and move that way is sort of off-putting for a lot of people because they're not used to that level of like forwardness or honesty. They're used to other people thinking like, well, I'm not going to say this or I'm not going to be this honest because I'm afraid of blank, blank, blank. So I find that a lot of times when I very calmly, very kindly, I'm just like, oh, well, I'm not really feeling this. I'm not into that or this doesn't work for me. With no explanation. I don't want to. It's just like, wh- are, are we on earth? Well, I didn't yeah. know people spoke like this. Sure yeah. And I'm like, sure I didn't can. know that <laughs> yeah. that would be shocking that I was just telling the truth. I yeah. have to train myself. My, my therapist gave me this note. Um, when I want to over explain, I say the thing. I don't want to. And then in my head, I can give all my excuses and reasons. I don't want to because no, 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 no. But like the only thing I'm allowed to say is I don't want to. And once you learn that yes. and, and, and learn to just be able to say, I don't want to, I'm not going, I don't feel like it without all the other disclaimers and explanations, yeah. it becomes much easier to navigate because people aren't used to hearing that. They're used to hearing the lie and the excuse. Yeah. And once you don't give that to them, it takes them a moment not yeah. to feel offended by it. Yeah. But then when they really think, why are you offended? I said I didn't want, I didn't lead you on. Right. I didn't lie. I didn't show up half ass because I didn't want to do, I didn't yeah. want to do it, but I said I would do it anyway. You got the honest version of this. And once people 
recognize that you've given that to them, yeah. they, they take it and they and they they appreciate it. You didn't waste anybody's time. Yeah. It's I don't want to not fuck you in your stupid exactly. ass, trash ass little bitch ass event. You know? Period. And if you heard that, then that's you and your therapist that need right. to discuss that. Yeah. Well, that's not what that's I said. Period. That's not what I said. Right. Oh, well, Bossy, thank you so much for coming through to thank the you show. For it me. is an honor to have it's you. A dream you and come I true. will be at Bowery Poetry on Monday. Yes. The day before your book comes out. Yes. I'm so excited. We're going to be talking about the book and I'll be asking you questions, of course, um, about it and just basically standing for you all over again in real life because you mean so much. Thank you. And can I just thank you for agreeing to do this? I I had to like take a Xanax and like (laughs) and go into my DMs and ask because I what you guys do here, it's just so important. I know I know that you guys have a lot of fun and you do the hot topics and hot bottoms and 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 we all laugh and we love that. But when you when you guys get really honest and real, what you're doing is so important because so many people who aren't able to have these conversations amongst themselves have these conversations with you. You know, um, I I, yeah. I respond to a lot of your listener les- listener letters at home. Like, no, 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 what they should have said. <laughs> but like, we all have that because we're able to like place ourselves in it because you guys make it so comfortable and make it so so honest and make it so natural to have these conversations. So what you're doing here is is super important, and I and I hope that you guys recognize that and realize Thank that. Thank you. I'm learning to accept compliments and not be like, girl, I'm garbage. Yeah, so you please go. take it. That's on the list of uh, therapists. Yeah, because yeah. we used to do that a lot. We used to call ourselves trash a lot. You guys are not trash. You guys no, are beautiful not, treasures not and amazing. Trash. Thank you so much. So yes, tickets available at BoweryPoetry.com. They are $10 in advance, 15 at the door. I am so excited to have that conversation. Tell the people where they can find you online and uh, yeah. Um, on Twitter, Instagram, and whatever else is there. I'm Bassy World, B-A-S-S-E-Y World. Um, my book, I'm Telling the Truth But I'm Lying, will be everywhere books are sold on August 20th. Yay! Congratulations. Thanks again, Bassi. Y'all, we are going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Hey, y'all, if you're interested in hearing more stories like this, you have to check out NPR Podcast. NPR has a new collection of podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy and resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. they got all kinds of fun stuff like pop culture happy hour, where they do the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and the sitcom in me finds that very important. Uh, you know, my mind and sense of humor just kind of flicks through all kinds of memories of my favorite sitcoms. So we've got one for that. Maybe we've got a pop culture happy hour for Abbott Elementary. If you want to get super current and talk about the newer, funny, iconic sitcom stuff. Okay, every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. So from Megan Thee Stallion to Trina and Trick Daddy and Michelle Obama, there's no limit to the range of NPR. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. We are back. It is now time for the read. It is. Do you have a read this week? I do. I have one quick thing to say, and then I'm going to um, jump right, into the Cue the box. next 25 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> first of all, I've been tuning into this uh, Amazon show called The Boys, which is uh, this is superhero drama comedy i don't know what to call it okay. but i'm kefiri superhero you have my attention right, right so yeah. i'm watching it and it's like really adult and graphic and cussing and blood and like there is i know that it's like based on a graphic novel or something and it's supposed to be like dark and edgy and whatever the fuck but there was one scene in one of the last episodes that i watched that it involves um 
like a plane hijacking. And they use um, these actors who are Muslim or seemingly Muslim to be the ones that hijack the train and speaking another language and all that stuff. Yeah. And I just wanted to take this opportunity to say that I felt like that was incredibly like corny. I felt like uh, it's 2019. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You could have absolutely done anything yeah. with that hijacking moment but the fact that you wanted to like perpetrate this idea that Muslim people Arab people or whatever uh, hijack planes Whack. and commit forms of terrorism and stuff that I just felt like it was so lame for whatever it is that y'all are trying to do the rest of the show to me so far has been fine but I just that first of all that whole scene was a little too intense um, especially as someone who only got over a fear of flying because I was forced to fly everywhere <laughs> for work. Nigga, you used like, to like grip my arm. Yes. Like, I cannot do this. I can't. <laughs> now I'm like, girl, when is this bitch going to land? Like, like <laughs> turbulence. Girl. So that scene was already intense, but I just felt like that was a little irresponsible. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm missing something that you boys fans can hit me to, but I wasn't a fan of that. The rest of the show is fine. And I really honestly watched it because superheroes and Laz Alonzo has been as fine as all there hell for as there long as is. I can remember. <laughs> I mean, what a mighty fine ever since it's like one-on-one or I don't know if remember niggas remember this show on UPN called cuts. With Marcus Cuts Houston. Was very short lived. Thank you. Oh my God. But I do remember it. Cuts was fun, but it was definitely short lived. Yeah, it was short lived. Shane and Elizabeth and Marcus Houston. It was a one on one spinoff. Anyways, it was a spinoff of one on one. It was a one on one spinoff. I feel like Marcus Houston was like Flex's brother or cousin or something. And then Flex like invested in this barbershop and they had a couple <laughs> of episodes or something on one on one and then they, spent, they spun it off into its own thing. Anyway, right. whatever. Laz Alonzo was fine is the point. The boys is good, but I didn't like that. Anyway, moving on. So now passing the read. Pass the read like we used to. Okay, so this letter, um, I don't know if you want me to say your name or not. So I'm just gonna say you I'm can gonna give call her a fake you, name real quick. Real quick. I'm gonna call you Rosanda. Oh Lord. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Okay, so it says, um, this is for the bird ass bitches. And the dumbass niggas who have showed their asses online this week, including my cousin, bitch, don't let me see you. I'll hurt your motherfucking feelings. Oh, my God. So, hey, <laughs> I love that it says, hey. <laughs> it literally, after that, says, hey. <laughs> like, it's so funny festive over here, girl. Yeah. <laughs> As you may already know, my home state, Illinois, just passed a law saying that it is now required to teach LGBT history in public schools. Oh, my God. Need I read more? You really oughtn't, but please do. Which is amazing. I love that my history, hopefully not the whitewashed version because I am black. No, it will be. (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please continue. At best. (laughs) At best. Best? They're going to mention James Baldwin, and that's going to be the end of it. <laughs> I wasn't even going to say James. I was going to take it over to Stonewall. Oh. And say, maybe we might, get Marsh. They might. Maybe we get Marsh. Like, I don't know. Or that one nigga they pretended to let in the NFL, but not really. Oh, right. I forgot his name. I, me too. Oh, they super did. He didn't make it out the practice room. Uh, First openly. That was really fucked up. What was his name? Listen, America wasn't ready. It was so cookie cutter and he seemed so sweet. He had his little white man. It's just wild. uh, Michael Sam. Yep. 
it's wild because uh yeah he really could have had a a huge career but damn all right yeah anyways i love that my history is being taught to kids some of them may even be lgbt who are trying to figure themselves out but it seems like i'm the only one excited this week twitter and instagram i don't it's a church thing and (laughs) and Instagram has been a shit storm. When is it not? The Shade Room got their hands on the news and black people decided they wanted to show their whole ass. Oh, their entire motherfucking unwashed, musty, unlotionized, ashy asses. Saying, oh, why can't they teach black history and not this LGBT shit? Or some shit like, "There's all they always trying to shove this LGBT shit down our throats. First of all, you stupid fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Right to the point. My favorite. Most of y'all skipped history back in high school, so maybe if you would have went, and you know that you would have known, and you know that you would know that many high schools have African American history classes for y'all to learn about shit you don't care about until a white person bothers you. We fully had African American history ca- classes in high school, and no, it was just high school when I was growing up. Yeah, when yeah, we had like in February, we had like a lot of Black history stuff. And then in high school, I remember there being a, a bit of a more emphasis, but it wasn't really till college that I got really into oh, yeah. stuff. It was way more accessible. That's than, when I started taking my African-American studies classes. Yeah. That's when my eyes. Because African-American open. studies, I feel like we had one teacher and that one teacher in my high school probably fought tooth and oh, nail yes. for it. Oh, yes. And you could <laughs> never get it. Like, you know how you had to, like, choose the electives or whatever that you wanted? Oh, yeah. Like, I always chose that. And broadcasting, and yes. I never got African American studies, Listen. but I did get broadcasting in my last year. Anyway, <laughs> okay, so keep that in mind next time y'all have fake outrage towards a racist celebrity or some bullshit a corporation did. Second of all, shove LGBT shit down our throats, but you dumbass niggas talking loud on Twitter on I can't wait to scare my daughter's boyfriend away or you bird ass bitches talking about oh I'm gonna teach my son to respect and treat women right, I ain't gonna let no dirty ghetto ass bitch get near him. Preaching all of this straight bullshit you're going to do to your unborn child. I'm sick. I am so sick and tired of the subtle homophobia y'all have internalized. Talking about I'm not homophobic, but I don't want my kids learning this. Think about that shit. Think about why you don't want your kids to learn anything about LGBT history. (laughs) Why does it upset you so much? Why do you have an issue with your children being exposed to these issues? Are you really not homophobic? Or do you just like the things that... Or do you just like the things the gays did for you? I don't... Okay. How the gays and trans women created most of the slang you say today. Okay, I'm back. Yeah. How they created the fashion that y'all be stunting on IG with. Girl. Come on now. Well, she done already had hers. Y'all be preaching about how being gay is okay, but sit down in church and lose your fucking mind and start screaming amen when the pastor says being gay is a sin. Now gays will go to hell. You bird ass hoes and dumb ass niggas. Oh, she said bitches. I felt, I'm free. You know, it's just. I'm spiritually connected. I feel like I'm doing a little bit of you and a little bit of me. You burnt-ass bitches and dumb-ass niggas need to figure out your life. Go figure out why you're so bothered by your future kids learning about LGBT history. You need to evaluate what your fear is. Are you afraid your child may come out gay or trans? Is that why... Oh, come out as gay or trans. Is that why you're so afraid? You shouldn't have kids if you fear that your child might end up as gay and or trans because no child deserves to be put in a world where their parents don't love them unconditionally. (laughs) And it says, and that's my read sent from my iPhone. (laughs) 
so Rosanda, I just want to say what needed to be said. Rosanda resonated with me. Yes. Um, Amen. I can't understand why so many of you not only want to remain ignorant, but you want your kids to as well. As we've said so many times, I really, if nothing else about this gay shit or whatever else, I really want you to take this to heart. Exposure to the fact that queer people and trans people exist is not going to make your baby queer, trans, or anything else right. under this uh, this umbrella. Right. All it will let them know is that these people are out here and they're going to keep being out here. Right. And hopefully, if they're exposed <laughs> by the right people in the right ways, will understand that there is nothing wrong with that. Come on. And that they should respect these people the same way that they respect anybody else. Good luck. Because at the end of the day, we all human beings and it ain't none of your motherfucking business anyway. But see, that's the issue. It's not that you don't want your kids to learn this. It's that you don't want your kids to be tolerant. Because as much as you want to say that you don't have an issue with homophobia or you don't have an issue with gay people or whatever the fuck, much like racist white people say they don't have an issue with black people, you do. You think that there's something wrong with it and you want for your kids to think there's something wrong with it too. You don't want for your kids to grow up feeling like, oh, well, gay people just exist and like it is it it is a thing you know what I mean it is what it is and it's just another part of being a person on this life and I don't have a hell or hell a heaven or hell to put anybody in so let me just respect it you don't want that you want for your kids to think the way that you do and the way that you do is fucked and that's the point (laughs) that's the point and literally if you look at the reports of this first of all Illinois is not the first second or third state nope to have this. California's got it. New Jersey has it. I, I can't remember the other place. Maybe Connecticut or something. I don't remember. I don't know. Um, But, like, nobody anywhere, if you read this stuff, it's just like, well, I want for the girls to be gay. And I, I don't feel like my <laughs> students watch enough Drag Race. And I just feel like they need to know how sickening Shea Coulee is. Like, like, <laughs> everybody who is talking about why this matters is saying it's, it's literally about fighting intolerance. Yes. If and there were matters. more kids, because honestly, the only like the only kids who are out here who identify as cis straight or whatever that are tolerant are mostly tolerant because there are other kids right. out there who are inspiring them to be tolerant or because they are just meeting people who may be queer or trans that they see with their own eyes and mind yeah. or just regular kids like they are that they have no reason to disrespect. And God bless them. And maybe they do come from households that are also have people in it that are are grown and have sense and are just being like child they ain't got nothing to do with you and Mm -hmm. girl mind your motherfucking business and treat everybody with respect the only reason that you could have a problem my nigga think about all of the historic shit that your black brown kids are learning in school anyway think about all of the the quote-unquote history that you've learned, that you learned, and all of the bullshit that was printed <laughs> in textbooks when Ooh. you were coming up as it, co- as it as it relates to, like, race and the like. Why do you think that so many people have fought to have African-American studies and history and stuff like that be a right. focus in their schools in the first motherfucking place? 
so we can fight the bullshit that is in these books so we can fight the bullshit that is perpetuated by all of the wrong people and get people to understand what it really means and where we're really coming from what really affects us and what our history actually looks like right your kids are learning all kinds of shit in school right now that don't fucking matter at all (laughs) <laughs> bringing home grades to you where they're being taught things at like really and my my parents taught me this pretty early on when I would say well like I don't understand why I need to understand what X equals <laughs> like right. a lot of the stuff in school is not about learning specifically what they're teaching you as much as it is learning how to learn yeah. so why you have an issue with your kids just learning about people that exist and have existed before you, your mama, your grandmama, your great granddaddy, right. and will long, long exist if the world is still here after you and your kids are dust. I don't understand why you have such a like, why you just have such a like infection when it right. comes to this existing. Besides, the, but but it's like, if you're going to, don't disrespect me and other queer and trans people by saying that you are not homophobic or transphobic because it, that's not how this works. Right. It's that's not, not how this works. Right. And you literally are that. The same way, and I know you niggas hate it, and it makes me love it even more. The same way <laughs> that it would be racist to say, oh, well, I don't understand why my kids need an African American uh, studies class, whether they take the class or not. Because this is a group of people who are underserved, whose stories are frequently not told, whose stories are important to the fabric of this society, to the story of this country. And yet they have historically been ignored or stomped out or whatever the fuck else. Like, girl, it's not hard. It's really not. You could just not be a dick and that would be so much better. Black American people are still to this day. Say it. On top of everything that you have just said that has been public knowledge for the longest. Still undervalued, still murdered, still disrespected, still like wrongly incarcerated and all of this other type of stuff. That's why that type of shit like African-American studies, history, whatever, is so important. And we champion shit for that shit all day long. Yeah. So I just don't understand why you see, why or why you can't see the same thing with this. Although, like I have theorized already, I think a lot of people of color, specifically black people, look at LGBT shit as like white gay shit and yeah. don't see the intersectionality in it, which in itself is such an issue because there are already enough white gay people that don't see that. So, like, girl, if you motherfuckers don't strap your goddamn boots up and get with the motherfucking program, bitch, fuck, why do you want your kids to be as stupid as you? (laughs) LGBTQ history is black history. I'm so, I mean, there are so many of those those things. It is black history. Maybe one more time. (laughs) It must be said. It must be told. It must be celebrated. Like, girl, it's not. I don't even think niggas realize how stupid they sound when they say shit like that. I really don't. I think they don't have any clue how ridiculous that sounds. But I mean, on the list of stupid, that's not even like, there's <laughs> way more. I guess maybe I'm just used to be people being stupid when it comes to like. Oh, you knew that. Sexuality, race and things like that. So there are other things that I'm blown away by in terms of stupidity these days. Yeah, but, but fuck like that. Come on, bro. Like I thought people had kids and, and would say normally that they want for their kids to be bigger and better than they were. Well, I'd love to I'd like to see it as much. See, said. people want that, but they don't know how to give that to their kids. And that's why I have to 
celebrate everybody who is strong enough to realize that the way they grew up and some of the shit they were taught was just fucking wrong or ignorant in whatever way. And you have to be strong enough to break that cycle of family bullshit. Yes. Which is so hard to do. Yes. But it has to happen. It has to happen at some point. And as far as I'm concerned, it's happening with me. My child is not going to deal with the bullshit that I had to deal with as far as mental health and shit is concerned. And I get that, you know, they didn't necessarily have the tools or the knowledge or the ability or what the fuck ever else to deal with their shit and not pass along their hatred. But I do. And right. so I am not doing that. Then, like, I don't even know. Stop traumatizing your children who didn't ask to be in this world. Because not many of Stop us. fucking them up. Not many of us can get to an adult and, like, I was going to say, like, self-sufficient age, but be- self-sufficiency is completely irrelevant. None of, not many of us can get to an adult age yeah. and unpack a lot of the stuff that was we were covered in yeah. as, as kids and be like, oh, here's the right and the wrong of all of this stuff. Right. A lot of us go into the grave just repeating cycles and not knowing any fucking better. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to tell you, get over yourself. <laughs> say it again. You don't fucking know everything. Everything that you learned or everything that you were taught ain't right. Yes. (laughs) It's not. You can learn a little something new. You could. Every day. If you wanted to. If thank you. If you want to, you have to be willing to. Okay? You can't wake up every single day and act like you got it all figured out. That's the first that's the quickest way to lose. Exactly. I know I don't know shit. Okay, I have a, I a lean decent into that. <laughs> grasp on certain things that I myself have experienced right. or studied. But I know I don't know shit. And I'm completely welcome in learning new things every day, as well as learning how I've been wrong on things that I thought I was right about. Yes. But you girls who are ready to, to not only go to hell, but take your children on, 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 along with you yeah. on some dumb shit that doesn't even need to exist, I can't wrap my mind. Amen. I'm done. Woo. It probably was about 25 yeah, minutes. Like so I said, whatever. I mean, it's fine. whatever. It's fine. I really am going to be brief real quick. This is something that I know we've touched on before. But um, now that it affects me personally, I feel like even a deeper level to it. So the MTA is garbage. Ooh. For a lot of reasons. So many. But one of the biggest is the accessibility problem. Only about 80%, I think. It might be slightly... Um, wait, no, not 80%, only like 20% of the subway stations are actually like wheelchair accessible or accessible to people who have disabilities, Crazy. which, you know, again, I understand because this, this, the subway system was built a long ass fucking time ago. However, disabled people have always existed forever and y'all should have always been on this shit. I mean, so I sprained my ankle, twisted my ankle on Sunday, you know, as far as ankle injuries go it is relatively mild but i can't f- put my full weight on it without hurting you know i'm i got this fucking boot on yeah and it's gonna be this way for a while until my ankle decides it's done throwing a temper tantrum Fine. and unlike you i do take the train <laughs> mainly to therapy because i go to therapy in midtown in the middle of the day and traffic is just absurd right you know you're completely right it's like i could spend the exact same amount of time on the train and only spend two dollars or i could spend forty dollars to take an uber into manhattan right. it's like it's not worth and likely it. take longer in many right, things right. Yeah. in many 
yeah. many cases because yeah. from my apartment to my therapist's office is a cute 30 minutes tops on the train. And don't let you have a Lyft driver like I did today who was in Harlem talking about, listen, you're not going uptown? Listen. No, I'm not. <laughs> I know I've cussed Uber out many times, but Uber's GPS to me works better than the other services. Like Lyft never seems yes. to actually know where I am. Like they couldn't continuously like go around the corner or whatever. It's very frustrating. Anyway, this is not about right. any particular rideshare company. This is about MTA and the fact that disabled people have always existed. They will continue to exist. And yet so much of the MTA is not accessible to people who truly need it. Now, I am very fortunate in that I can just take a car anywhere I need to go. And for the first time in almost two years, I took a car to therapy this week because the thought of, first of all, walking to the train station, which is not far, but when you got a fucked up ankle, is incredibly it's miles, far. Right. right. But once I get there, there is no elevator at my train station. So then I have to hobble my ass down the stairs, risk getting pushed down the stairs by people who are trying to catch their train. Right. Because it looks shit. I mean, nobody even gives a fuck. But like, even if I like if I really, really tried and took my time and all that, I could probably manage it. But it would be so much fucking work because the MTA has not bothered to update their their shit at every fucking station. And it's like, y'all continue to take more money. Y'all continue to raise fares. Y'all continue to claim to be doing all these repairs and bullshit. When are y'all going to get to the fact that disabled people cannot easily and readily access the largest public transportation system in the United States? It does not make sense. You know what you can do? You can call Accessoride. Pray that they are there within a reasonable... They give you like a two-hour window or some shit. It's like not even remotely dependable. And then I've read stories from people who are like, yeah, my accessoride driver was jacking off in front of me while I was strapped in my chair in the back. Yeah, like ridiculous things that people have said about this. So you can ask, you can hope, and pray for the best with accessoride. You can get on the bus, which is automatically three times as long to get anywhere as the train would be because the bus stops at everybody's house. Everyone. The bus literally stops every other block. I'm not exaggerating. The bus stops every other block. I mean, yes. So a 30 minute trip is easily an hour and 15 minutes if you are taking the bus. But the bus is accessible unlike the train or you can cough up, you know, 20 times more money to take a car wherever you need to go. And it's just ridiculous. It does not make sense. The MTA has been around for I don't even know how many years, probably over 100. Girl, it's time for y'all to make sure that every station has at least an escalator, but absolutely an elevator because there are some people in wheelchairs who cannot get out of them and they need to use the train and go to work just like everybody else. Think about all of the mamas that be like praying somebody that girl takes who died. That girl who died trying to carry her stroller down the, the stairs and fucking fell. It's absurd that it that is a thing. Sense. And even the stations that do have elevators, them elevators are nasty. They're tiny. They're frequently broken or out of service. And they move slower than molasses. You're going to miss four trains before Girl, you get Girl, you absolutely there. are. It will take you 10 minutes to go from above ground to where your fucking train is. It don't make sense. So MTA, like even me and my little temporary disability and all that, like, well, actually, able-bodiedness is the temporariness to be completely real about it because it can be snatched from any of us at at any any time time. but like even me with this ankle injury that will almost certainly heal up and I'll be fine it's like it is bad enough that I simply cannot take the train now 
I cannot take the train. You know how many people depend on the train in New York City? I want people who don't live here. People, I mean, even if you don't take the train, you depend on it because somebody you working with takes the fucking train. I promise you that. That's a fact. The train is the lifeblood of this city. When the train is down, you're not expected to be nowhere. You don't have to go nowhere because and that's nobody. Not an exaggeration. It's not. It's literally like, oh well, ain't nobody coming to work today because MTA is down. Period. Like you're simply not going nowhere if MTA is not running. It is that important to the city. So you are excluding so a huge segment of the population that cannot go about their own errands or go to work or go about their daily activities because they cannot get on the fucking subway. It just doesn't make sense. And yes, I know the bus is there, but the bus is really only viable if you go in a maximum of 20 blocks. If you need to cross, <laughs> like, if you need to go across Manhattan or God forbid, leave the borough you're in, bitch. You're talking about spending three hours on the fucking bus to get wherever you you're trying to go. four stops max or I'm not getting on. I mean, and here's the thing. Like, that's not one bus to take you wherever you need to go. You got to get off and transfer over and over and over and over. But y'all want to talk about uh, chasing down people who We would rather have your $275 fare than your $100 ticket. Girl, if you don't suck my ass. First of all, bitch, you ain't finna have nothing. <laughs> If we're being honest. It don't make no goddamn sense how MTA is able to just spit in our fucking faces, play right in front of us, and keep on going like they doing us a favor. Bitch, absolutely not. Get your shit together. And that's it. All right. Well... Woo! Yeah, that's going to wrap up this week's episode of The Read. Don't forget to check out HBO's newest comedy, A Black Lady Sketch Show, starring a lot of our faves like Robin Thede, Quinta Brunson, Ashley Nicole Black, Gabrielle Dennis, with so many guest appearances, y'all. Issa Rae, Angela Bassett. Oh my God, they're about to do the 227 sketch. They're about to do the 227 set. Robin's um, impersonation of Jack A is... So good. Like, she sounded exactly it, like her and looked exactly like her. But she really did it. Like, she nailed it. Oh, my God. Lena Waithe was just on this last episode. Loretta Devine was. Like, we just talked about a wreck. It's just... And a lot of sketches will have, like, recurrent... They'll come yeah, back. they'll and come back. Like that, so that's dope. Yeah, I was actually watching it with Robin, and she pointed out some shit to me that, had no, that I hadn't noticed before. Like, in the Invisible Spy sketch, when Ashley goes into the office and confronts her evil twin, mm. there's a record on the wall behind her and that record is the same one as like the the doo-wop group that you know it was Chris uh, Brown's grandfather yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like Claude yeah. and the Claudettes or whatever I know that in, at Essence she said there were like a lot of easter eggs there and are. stuff that you would have to like pay yeah. attention to and I'm such a fan of that kind yeah. of shit so I'm definitely like yeah. analyzing all of these scenes for like little stuff that we'll pick up There's a like coffee? a Fashion Nova applicant oh or whatever yes. in that basic that was so sketch. good but in that same sketch like um Angela Bassett gets a cup of coffee and there's the coffee name is printed on like the canister or whatever and that same coffee company is it was featured in the very first sketch of the second episode when they work in the call center or whatever oh, they're yeah. working for that coffee company so there's literally so many tiny details like that like I love that they lit they left no stone unturned I love it so much a black lady sketch show airs Friday nights at 11 p.m. you can stream it now only on HBO I am such a huge fan of everything y'all are doing over there it's just such a good time so yeah check it out um, and again I will be with Bossy uh, on Monday at Bowery Poetry. Tickets at BoweryPoetry.com. They are $10 in advance and 15 at the door. Um, Kifiri, any news for you this week? 
Um, I don't have any real news, but I guess uh, we can mention that this TV show is going to be premiering. <laughs> so, so um, <coughs> according Fuse. to our contractual obligations, we must promote ourselves and tell you that. I our- mean, that's not what this is. I did what I, well, I, didn't really do what I was supposed to do. Like, you did well, not do what you were I, supposed I, I, whatever. to do. Whatever. Like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I don't listen. The read is coming to late night, October eleventh on Fuse. That's right, eleven p.m. It will be on Fuse, the Fuse app, iTunes, and Amazon Prime. So between those four, hopefully you get the chance to tune in. We are working hard on it, and we hope y'all love it. And it's uh, coming soon. Yeah, October eleventh. Couldn't happen without you, girls. I know a lot of y'all are very excited and things like that. So thanks for the support over this, uh, what, almost seven years or something ridiculous. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, you made it possible. So And thank you, like you Missy, for being gracious enough to shout us out because you really didn't have to do that, girl. So many of us have been advocating for you in this award because you truly deserve it. As I said, I'm just glad I don't have to hurt nobody. Right. Exactly. I mean, because we meant everything we said. I did. But you didn't have to... <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to you didn't have to name us specifically but you did so thank you very much girl yes. love you down all right i think that's it for this week's episode of the read do we have a, a word of advice or one of your acronyms or whatever today um this one is almost three hours you bitches better be grateful when you remember or when you think about how much you enjoy um the city girls or whatever record it is that comes on know that they're trina the City Girls of Trina. Really? Trina is the one and only. And I don't give a fuck what anybody has to say or yes. think or feel about anything. Trina is My the stallions, ain't he? Is the, I'm, Period. You can't stand for Megan. Trina is the sta- stable. She like, is. Trina is literally <laughs> the hey, the Trina. My girl, like, y'all bitches could literally never, and that's all y'all bitches. What's good? Treat dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts dad will love up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make dad's day with gifts up to 60% off. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.